Hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We also have a very special episode today. Dylan and I will be going head-to-head in a cinema showdown where we pitch our visions for a DC cinematic universe to a panel of judges who will decide which slate should be greenlit. skip through the news since we have a massive show today and we're going to get right into the box office breakdown for january 27th to 29th avatar the way of water with 16 million in its seventh week on top behemoth indeed love to see it yeah after that was puss in boots the last wish with 10.5 million after that was an indian film pathan 6.8 million then the tom hanks led a man called otto 6.6 million after that, Megan coming in right behind us, 6.2 million. Missing, 5.6 million. Plane, 3.8 million. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist, 2.5 million. <laughs> Very odd film thrown in there. Infinity Pool with 2.5 million. Way below what I thought it would make. Mm-hmm. And The Wandering Earth 2, 1.4 million. Yes. So that was a, a Chinese film. That the original yeah. one got released on Netflix. They call it The Wandering Earth 2, but it's a prequel, which is weird. I hate that. I hate it too. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. Okay, now for our box office predictions for February 3rd to February 5th. Knock at the Cabin, the new M. Night Shyamalan film. What do you think it's going to get? I'm saying over $20 million. Really? Mm, yes. I could see that happening. Yeah, I feel like it's got a wide range for me because I can see it doing two different things. I'm going to say low end 15, high end 25. That's I'm going to give range. it a wide range because I feel like that's a good net to catch it in. I think it is. And then 80 for Brady. The... Hopefully zero. <laughs> Hardcore. I'm going to say. I'm just kidding. It would be a little bit more than this, but just for just so it can be complete and have a nice little symbolic thing to it. I'm going to say 12 million. 80 for Brady. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 7 million, one for each Super Bowl that Tom Brady won. (laughs) Awesome. So we'll see which symbolic number it gets closest to. Yeah. But all right, we'll now begin our pitches for our DC slate and get the cinema showdown going. Pitches from a couple of bitches. Yes, sir. (laughs) So first... We're going to introduce our judges, our studio executives. We have a panel of three judges. First time on the show, Alex, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is Mm -hmm. going to be exciting. Sure, will be. We have Alessandro, familiar name. He's been on the show a couple times. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. I like that you did the bow. Yeah. (laughs) On the podcast for all the listeners. The bow. They can't see it, but the bow is there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Sebastian, also returning to this show. Glad to have you back. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I won't bow. I don't respect. Oh, wow. Wow. 
How disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about before, but I mean, we're bowing to you guys. You're the studio execs. So that's right. You guys have all the power. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Beautiful. Be as harsh, rude as you can. We're going to lay down the ground rules, explain what's going on, what the rules are. So Dylan and I have been planning this past week and perhaps a little bit before then about pitching a 10-year slate of DC films. You know, this is obviously in honor of James Gunn just got put in charge of DC Studios and everyone has been waiting for what his slate will be. And funny enough, he just announced it earlier this week. (laughs) Um, So we won't be comparing our slate with his, just mine versus Dylan's. Um, But we could choose to do what James Gunn did, which is like mostly a reboot of the DC Universe, or we could continue with what was already there and just pitch the next 10 years of the DCEU. So it was up to us. I honestly don't know what Dylan picked, so that'll be interesting to see. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're going to have a couple rules here. So every 2023 film, so like the Aquaman, Shazam, Flash, uh, Blue Beetle, all of those films will need to come out. Like we can't interfere with that at all. We can't cancel it like Batgirl. But technically for projects like Batgirl, for Joker... Two coming out in 2024, we could choose what to do with those projects, either release them or cancel them, whatever it is. We can also use the Flash movie and use Flashpoint to implement any changes we want, do any recastings, things like that. Um, we'll be giving, because again, we don't, as Dylan found out, and as I was telling him before, it's a lot, 10 years of films, it's a lot. So we really can't go too into depth with each of the films, just giving the basic plot, saying what might be happening in it, the characters that are involved, um, but nothing too in-depth for that. So it'll be yeah, just fairly surface level of the slate. There's a rule of there can't be more than four films, or there can't be like more than five films in a year. So you can have five in a year, but you can't go over that. And you must have three streaming shows because, I mean, you studio execs, the Warner Brothers people, you want to have those tie-ins with HBO Max and support the streaming service. So we had to come in with at least three streaming shows as part of our slate. So those are all the basic rules that we had. Um, but yeah, ultimately, the decision of which slate you want to greenlight will be up to all of you guys, the judges. There's going to be portions where... You can deliberate amongst yourselves and ask questions of us to help you make your decision. Um, And yeah, just to go through what the timeline will be, we will have opening statements, one minute each. We'll give our pitch, which will be 25 minutes max. We'll have a debate where Dylan and I will be able to comment and attack on the other person's slate. Then we'll have a portion of time for you guys to give questions uh, to us and help, you know, clarify any things that you want to learn more about. Then we'll have a second debate, which will also be like an open discussion. You guys can pitch in for that and help steer that in any way if you want. Then we'll have closing statements and then we'll have you judges deliberate. Dylan and I will take off our headsets. You can talk all the trash you want. We will listen to it back later though, so don't be too harsh. But yeah, that way you'll be able to make your decision. And then there's gonna be a link that I sent to you of a Google Doc where you can anonymously vote for who you want to win the cinema showdown based on the pitches that you've heard. So all that 
sound good? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So without further ado, we can now figure out who's going to be going first. So Dylan, you were saying you wanted me to go first. Is that right? Yes. If you would like to go first, I would be more than happy to let you go first. Okay. I think I'll do that for sure. But all right, we start out with the opening statements. I'll let you lead off with the opening statement, and then I'll do the opening statement, and then I'll just all right. maybe lead into my pitch from there. Sure thing. So for a long time, I was telling oh, wait, Ryan, wait, wait, wait. oh, you're going to wait. Oh, one, one more thing. Yeah. So yeah. just because, I mean, it'll be a lot of stuff getting thrown at you. You're more than welcome to take notes. We also, there's like casting is optional. <laughs> nice, Sebastian. So casting is optional, so you can... <laughs> like look up who we're putting in certain roles to help you out as well. Um, but we will, at the end of it, we'll send you like a document or a list of all the films we had. So you don't have to remember every single thing and then you can just look at it um, and it'll be a little bit easier on you. But yeah, you are more than welcome to take notes about certain things or questions you would have, things like that. But okay, Dylan, take it away. Is this, when do you want me to start the clock for your... When? Uh, when when the timer hits seven now okay so for the longest time i've been telling ryan that if i was in charge of the dc universe the cinematic universe of dc i would be taking it and rebooting it and just starting fresh starting scratch because it's been a mess so far and i think it would be best to just start over i changed my mind i've decided to take what Zack snyder has built and to pile on top of it and keep it going because of where I want it to end, which is you'll see where it goes. So I'm taking all the characters. I'm not rebooting anybody, not rebooting any of the storylines. All the actors stay the same. Uh, in terms of casting, I haven't done a lot of casting for many of the characters that haven't already been cast because, I mean, it's a 10-year timeline. Who knows who will be famous in 2035? I have no idea. Uh, and I haven't done a lot of plot outlines for some of the movies, but I have done what I can. But what I've try to construct is a long overarching story that takes 10 years to tell and i'm very excited to tell it all right wow so you are continuing with the dcu not yes. doing the not pulling a james gunn yeah got your ass <laughs> all right so i will begin my minute in three two one so i am also no surprise to many people i'm sure also going to be continuing the DCU continuity, so everything that's been established will stay the same. I'm going off of the Snyder Cut version of Justice League. That will be the canon version, and I will be using the Flash to correct any inconsistencies, fix mistakes, and explain away recastings that it might do. But ultimately, yeah, the characters will stay the same. Their histories, the events that happen to them, will not change. As for the Elseworlds title, so like the Matt Reeves, the Batman stuff, and the Joaquin Phoenix Joker stuff, I'm not getting rid of those. In fact, I'm going to be folding them in to the DCEU so that they'll serve as prequels to what we got going on in the current day DC universe. It's a bold move, but trust me, it'll make sense and it'll be great. And the way I'm starting out the 10-year slate, I mean, we got to reintroduce these characters, familiarize the public with them again. So we're going to slowly do that and show that there's a new creative vision for the universe. There's a shift, like we're continuing what came before, but there will be a shift in a new direction. So it's not a reboot. It's a rebirth. That's what I'm going with. All right. So here we go. So we're going to do the 25-minute pitch. Let me take a swig of water. Do we want to have 
Dylan, do you want to just comment while I prepare myself to go on a huge rant? Do you want to talk about your decision for why you yeah, decided so to do the change Because the, the, you'll see the way I planned it out, the way I have it set up to end the big final conclusion, the only way I can do it is to keep doing what Zack Snyder already set up. Because otherwise, I'm just copying what he already did, but with different characters. So what's the point of just doing the same thing? I'm just going to keep it going. Uh, beyond that, I forgot to comment on the Elseworld stuff. Uh, I'm going to let them finish out their separate stuff like outside of this universe, but I'm not tying it in. And it will make sense why I thought about it. I really tried to make it work, but honestly, I feel like it would just be, it would just feel like cameo-y, like, like, like in, in, uh, multiverse of madness when you have like all the characters come in, in the alternate universe and it just feels like cameos. That's how it would feel like to me. So I just want to keep it the same actors that you've been building with the whole time. Right. For sure. Cool. All right. You ready, Ryan? I am ready. Again, it's going to be I can't wait. a lot. 25 minutes. Good luck. I'm going to be like an auctioneer, just firing off everything. All right. We will begin starting now. So we got to start off with the Trinity in the first year, and you got to begin with the original hero himself, Superman. We're going to have a proper Man of Steel sequel called Superman Rebirth. So real time has passed. So it's been a long time since we've last seen them. Lois and Clark have settled down. They have kids. Jonathan Kent, who's like middle school age, and then Lori Kent, who's like five years younger than that. They moved to Smallville, but Superman frequently goes in between there in Metropolis. He's an optimistic, joyful, sincere Superman. He's a beacon of hope in a cynical world. And the central conflict that he has is balancing his responsibilities as a family man and as Superman. And the core theme, like the arc he learn or he goes through and the lesson he learns in both halves of his life is that his true power is being an inspiration and setting an example. He's not perfect. He can't be everywhere all the time. He has limits. He makes mistakes, but he continues to try to do the right thing. And that's something that we can all emulate to do as well. We too can pursue that better tomorrow. So that is the vision of Superman I'm having. Again, it's going to be a shift from Snyder's darker, grittier version of it. Um, and the villain is going to be Metallo. So half man, half machine, powered by a kryptonite heart. And he... And his family suffered an accident. Superman wasn't able to get there in time, so his whole family died. He got like horribly injured, but uh, yeah, he was able to be repaired, secretly funded by Lex Luthor, of course, so that he can be the villain Metallo and try and take revenge on Superman. After that, we have Wonder Woman, Queen of the Amazons. Diana returns to Themyscira to find that Cersei, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, has uh, taken the throne. <laughs> and um, she's mobilizing the Amazons to attack the world of man. So Diana has to free her mother, Hippolyta, and try to keep the peace while taking down Cersei. Sadly, Hippolyta dies, but Diana is able to defeat Cersei, takes the throne, but she abdicates because her place is in the world of man as a hero, but she's more than happy to be an ambassador to help the mascara integrate into the modern world. After that, we're going to have the Batman sequel for Matt Reeves' The Batman, not called The Batman Part Two. It's called Winter of the Batman. We're going to pick up where the first one left off. Gotham is flooded and winter has come, so everything is frozen over. And of course, to go with this frosty environment, we're going to have Mr. Freeze, played by Brian Cranston, giving a complex, sympathetic take on the character. We're going to deal with his grief and loss and inability to let go as he's trying to save his wife, uh, Nora. And so that obviously ties in with Batman's backstory, but then also with the backstory of the first Robin, Dick Grayson. We're going to have him in here. He's going to be played by Javon Walton, who is 
Astray from Euphoria. So he's also apparently like a boxer and gymnast. So he's already got the physique, athleticism, and he's a young Robin that we can pair with the young Robert Pattinson version. So that'll work out great. 2026, we're going to have Booster Gold, a movie. So we have in the future, he peaked in high school, all-star quarterback, but now he's down on his luck and he wants to retain that former glory, get back into being the center of attention. And so he steals a time machine, steals a suit and goes back to the hero, to the age of heroes, which is our current day. And of course, it's a social media era. So he tries to become an influencer as well to, you know, get even more of the attention and glory. So that'd be a great, fun, comedic movie. And in the lead role, we're going to have the man with a million dollar smile, Glenn Powell from Top Gun Maverick. So that'd be great. After that, we're going to have Shazam versus Black Adam. Yes, we're going to have Shazam's villain fight Shazam. So why do they get at odds? Black Adam senses that his powers are being diluted because Billy Batson is letting everyone he knows become part of the Shazam family and get those powers. So Black Adam's not about it. So he goes and starts stealing back those powers and Shazam has to stop him. And maybe we get a Superman cameo in there and Black Adam has to fight him for a bit so we can throw Dwayne Johnson a bone. After that, we're going to have the Green Lantern Corps, an HBO series. It's going to be on the scale and quality of Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, The Last of Us. We're going to have Jon Stewart joining the Corps, played by John Boyega. And he's training under Sinestro, uh, who, of course, is like more brutal and kind of opposed to the the way the Guardians are trying to run things. Um, but Jon Stewart also gets good guidance in the form of Hal Jordan, played by Dacre Montgomery, who's Billy from Stranger Things. He's also... Uh, Green Lantern and the first like Human Lantern. So we have both of them in there and they're fighting against the Manhunters. So basically like the Cyborg Terminators that were who the Guardians tried to have police the universe before the Green Lanterns. After that, we're going to have the Suicide Squad Death Day. This is kind of going to be a merger of Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. Cassandra Kane gets captured by her elite assassin father, David Kane, And so Harley Quinn has to team with the rest of the Birds of Prey, Huntress and Montoya, and they go to get help from her old friends in the Suicide Squad, so Bloodsport, Ratcatcher, King Shark, and they end up also having to get help from Waller to follow a certain lead, uh, and then they have to work with the current Task Force X, which is Peacemaker, Vigilante, Condiment King, Madame Rouge, uh, Sportsmaster, a guy who's like, all his weapons are sports-based, played by Jason Sudeikis, Plastic Man, who's a stretchy guy like Mr. Fantastic, he's a criminal who keeps trying to get out like on the straight and narrow but he just keeps getting pulled back in and he can't get out at all he's played by bill Hader, so all of them have to work together try and take down david kane and his partner deadshot played by will smith yes we're bringing him back so that'll be major for that after that we're gonna have young titans so like young Joseph teen times we're going to young titans here cyborg creates a team because he knows how tough it is to be an adolescent who has these superpowers and so he wants to create a little community of people that are going through that that can support each other also he lost his whole family so he's trying to find a family essentially and we're going with the original cartoon roster we're going to have cyborg played by chosen jacobs starfire played by peyton elizabeth lee uh beast boy played by defaro wunatai which is number one a great name and number two he's the main kid from reservation dogs if you've seen that raven we're gonna play uh, have played by jenna ortega and then robin Tim Drake Robin, the current Robin for Batfleck right now, is going to be played by Noah Jupe, who's the kid from A Quiet Place and Honey Boy. The villain is going to be High Five, if you remember that from the cartoon, like Gizmo, Jinx, that team. And it's interesting because they function really well as a team. 
the Titans are still figuring that out. So that'll be a nice little arc that they go on. Holy crap, dude, it's so much. We're only on 2027. All right, after this, we have Deathstroke, HBO Max show, full R rating. Just go crazy with it. He's killing mofos left and right. His backstory is insane. His kid gets his throat slit, and then his wife shoots him in the face and takes out his eye because of it. It's just insane. So it'll be a great uh, series, and it's him fighting against Hive, who brutally you know, attacked his son. Um, so we see him go through all of that and take down Hive. And then after a time jump in the present day, we see him get a contract to kill the Batman, hinting at things in the future. Next, we have the Flash sequel. Ezra Miller has been booted. Lucas Hedges is now Barry Allen. And we're going to have a heist movie. So it's called The Flash Rogue Rage. And we're going to have the Rogues, led by Captain Cold, Heat Wave, Mirror Master, Weather Wizard, all them coming in. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a nice little heist movie. Flash has to take him down. We're going to see his relationship with Iris West grow. And then also we meet Wally West, who's the biggest Flash fan. And of course, Iris's nephew, played by Walker Scoble, who's the new Percy Jackson in that Disney Plus series. After that, we have Justice League Reformation. So it's been a while since all the heroes have gone together and been a team because no world-ending threat has emerged until now when Brainiac comes to Earth. He's played by Giancarlo Esposito. He is a world collector. He's reforming civilizations into pure knowledge and then destroys those civilizations. And so, yeah, the team has to get back together to fight him off he's also shrunk the city of candor which is a kryptonian city so part of the issue here is superman wants to find a way to unshrink candor but they're also finding the ticking clock of brainiac destroying earth and ultimately superman has to make the hard choice to let go of candor and not find a way to unshrink it to save earth but he does take the city which is like in a little glass jar and he takes it with him puts in the fortress solitude and hopes that he can find a way in the future to unshrink it so Cyborg is off the team because he's with the Titans now. We have John Stewart's Green Lantern on the team. And Martian Manhunter is on the team, played by Sterling K. Brown. So that's the original Justice League 7 from the comics. Beautiful. You love to see it. Also, Lex Luthor plays an integral role in stopping Brainiac. So he gets in the public's favor again. There's also a little budding romance between Diana and Bruce, which is picking up on stuff that was like in the Snyder Cut. And then at the end, they reform, repurpose Brainiac's ship into the Watchtower. So the space station. Um, so now they've committed to being a fully fledged full-time team and they hang out in the watchtower to help protect earth from any threats. After that, we have blue beetle two, which is going to be a crossover with booster gold. They hit it off and become best friends and save the day. So that'll be nice. After that, we have Batman heir to the cow. So this will be introducing Damien Wayne. So Talia al Ghul brings Batman over, reveals the secret child they had together and then she sends Damon with Bruce because he's currently a target of assassination since he's the heir to the League of Shadows and Rajal Ghul is on his way out. But while Bruce was gone, Deathstroke came to Gotham, attacks Tim Drake, the current Robin. Um, and so he puts him out of commission. Damien also, you know, he's a violent, arrogant, brooding brat in the beginning. Uh, and he's very competitive with Tim Drake. So he rips off the Robin insignia and puts it on his own League of Shadows suit because he wants to be Batman's partner because he's the true son. Um, so then Batman has to deal with reigning in a very violent uh, sidekick of his um, as they're fighting against Deathstroke. But ultimately, they prevail working with Tim Drake to defeat Slade Wilson, Deathstroke. Um, and then, yeah, at the end, Damien becomes a fully fledged Robin. He and Tim make up, and then Tim is able to go out on his own and join the Titans full time after that. So Aquaman and the Eighth Sea. We're going to have, it's going to be like an action adventure film, keeping up those vibes of the first one. He has to gather a bunch of artifacts to undo a curse, an ancient curse that turned the Atlanteans into those trench creatures. 
he's also yet again fighting against Black Manta. And at the end of that, like Black Manta ends up dying in the fight and he has a baby son. And Arthur decides to take care of him to put an end to this family feud. Um, it, in 2028, we're going to have a Dr. Fate movie. So it'll be a flashback to World War II when Pierce Brosnan's character got the Helmet of Fate. And it's going to be paralleling the current day when the Helmet of Fate selects a new host. Harris Dickinson, who was the guy from Triangle Sadness, is going to be playing both those characters. We're going to have, and Pierce Brosnan will, you know, have some role, I'm sure, in it. Um, but as more of like that mentor in voice of the helmet. So we're going to have uh, the third Superman film, Superman Better Tomorrow. So Lex Luthor, who, by the way, has been recast as Billy Zane. He is running for president based on the goodwill he's built up from defeating Brainiac. His campaign slogan is Better Tomorrow. You'd love to see titles like that. Uh, and he's his whole platform, he's arguing that while Superman is good, he's just a part-timer. He's out there living a normal life during, you know, with his secret identity for most of the time. What America needs is somebody with those powers who is dedicated 24-7 to protecting the American people, whose job it is, whose sole purpose it is to serve the American people. And so he unveils Superboy, played by Kit Connor, who has all the powers that Clark does, which is dumbfounding to Clark and Lois. How is there another Kryptonian that shouldn't there shouldn't be anymore? So they do investigative journalism and discover that Project Cadmus, which is funded by Lex, has created a clone from Superman's DNA. And also half of his DNA comes from Lex. So Superboy is half Clark, half Lex. Um, but yeah, because Lex is a terrible father and is just using Superboy and he's neglecting him most of the other time, whereas Superman or Lois and are very kind to him, Superboy defects, joins Superman, fights against Lex, who unveils his like green mech suit, Iron Man suit thing. Uh, and they have that big confrontation, the big battle. Lex loses. He also loses the election. And then Clark and Lois adopt Superboy into the family, calling him Clark, uh, Connor Kent. After that, we have Green Lantern Corps Season 2. So Sinestro is getting even more frustrated and then upset at the limits that are being placed on him. But he's still working with John and Hal to defeat Parallax, who comes through. But at the end of it, he leaves the Corps and secretly creates a yellow power ring, the fear ring, and starts his own core, his own lantern core. After that, we have Flight of the Batman and Robin. So the third Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson sequel. We're going to have the Court of Owls, a secret society of Gotham's elites that are not too happy about the positive change in Gotham uh, from you know Batman doing his work. So we see that whole confrontation go down. And at the end of it, uh, because of Bruce's controlling nature, Dick decides to leave the Robin Mantle and sets out on his own. After that, we have Young Titans 2. So the gang is all there, chilling in Titans Tower. They're great as a team now. Tim is now Red Robin. Um, and they have to fight against a new incarnation of Hive. And as part of doing that, they have to go and break Deathstroke out of the prison they put him in, um, since he's most familiar with this with Hive and taking them on. Uh, but it turns out the leader of the new hive is Slade's son. And Slade is like, this is great. We're going to be able to partner up with each other and be great. But turns out his son hates him for everything that happened. So Slade actually has to fight against him and usurp him to take over hive. And then the Titans have to take down hive and Slade. After that, 2029, we have a buddy cop time travel road trip movie. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold tour the timeline. That's just going to be so much fun. We're going to have Rip Hunter Sending them back in the timeline to stop Vandal Savage and Mortal Conqueror. So good. All right. Now we're going to have three Jokers. So this is where I'm explaining how the uh, the Elseworlds fits in with this. So Joaquin Phoenix, 
after whatever happens in Joker 2, because that happened in 2024. It's been quite some time since then. He's now busted out of Arkham Asylum, and he discovers that he's a bunch of copycats, such as Barry Keoghan and Jared Leto. These are like the main copycats that he has. So there are three distinct Jokers. They're not all the same character. They're distinct. And uh, so even more of these copycats are springing up, and the city is falling into chaos, and Joaquin is loving it because uh, he's you know riling up Batman, who is operating now, and he's on his second Robin. And the copycats are going so far that they capture Jason Todd, the second Robin, and they're wailing on him with a crowbar, beating him up, destroying him. Joaquin Phoenix is like, okay, this is getting too far. This is too needless. So he's going to the warehouse where they're at to try and stop him. But it blows up before he can get there. And then in a vengeful rage, we see Batfleck coming after Joaquin Phoenix's Joker because he was like the original Joker. So he's blaming him. And we see the end of the killing joke play out, except... Batfleck kills Joaquin Phoenix's Joker because at the start of the DCU, Zack Snyder had Batfleck being a killer. This is where it happened. This is where he snapped. After that, we have Wonder Woman, Tomb of the Old Gods. So this will be, you know, her exploring the Greek mythology side, you know, get some vibes of the recent God of War games. She goes to the underworld to reign in Hades, who she also finds out is her father. It's not Zeus, it's Hades. So that's a big revelation. And she's also learning about the fall of the old gods and the rise of the new gods, like Darkseid. So that's hinting at things to come. After that, we have Green Arrow, played by Austin Butler. He's going to have the goatee, for sure. In, he's going to already be operating as a vigilante in Star City for many years now. He already has a sidekick, Arsenal, the Roy Harper. And he's going to be fighting against Count Vertigo, someone who can induce sensations of vertigo in people. So that'd be great. And we can have a nice psychological thriller angle on that film. After that, we have Batman, Red Hood Rising. We're doing it under the Red Hood. Maybe Jason Todd comes back as Red Hood, a brutal, murderous crime lord slash vigilante. Uh, And so Batman has to confront his greatest failure, but also with Damian Wayne being the mix, that's an interesting element because that Robin, you know, growing up as an assassin in League of Shadows, he's more ideologically aligned with Red Hood at this point. Like he kind of sides with Jason and his philosophy, which of course is also what Batman was doing at once upon a time, but... Ever since the first Justice League, you know, the impact and influence of Superman steered him away. He went back to his moral code, and now he's being tested with Jason Todd, who is trying to once again break his moral code. And the ending of it, I mean, you can just rip it out of the animated film if you've seen that. It's beautiful. It captures Joker, Barry Keoghan's Joker, who is actually the one that was, like, beating him up mostly and is responsible for his death. He has a whole moral debate with Bruce. A bomb goes off that they had planted. Bruce saves Jason this time, but Jason slips away. And then Batman then chooses to save Joker from the rubble instead of leaving him for dead. So showing that he's recommitted to his ethical code and no killing. After that, we're going to have a Shazam HBO Max series, the Shazam fam. It's going to be a cute little Thanksgiving holiday special of him chilling with his foster family. It'll be nice. After that, we have the Flash 3. It's going to be called the Flash Speed Demon. We're going to have Eobard Thawne, Reverse Flash, come in. He's trying to ruin Barry's life. And so, yeah, that goes on. And through some Speed Force shenanigans, Wally West is made a speedster. So there you go. We're going to have after that Martian Manhunter. So a neo-noir hard-boiled detective story set in the 1970s when he arrives on Earth. So it's John Jones working a tragic case of a hate-fueled killing of a family via fire, which forces him to reckon with the loss of his own family and his whole people back in the Martian Civil War. So it's, yeah, one of those cases where the work that he's doing 
is emergent with like the past that he has and his backstory. So with Sterling K. Brown in the role, I mean, you can make that a beautiful, rich character study. It's going to be great. After that, we have the Suicide Squad v. Black Adam Society. So Waller is uniting the task force one more time and sending them into Kondok behind the back of like the other team that she has under her thumb, which is the Justice Society of America, which has a new Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Cyclone, Adam Smasher, and now Plastic Man, who has been able to move away from criminal to being a hero. Um, and Black Adam is now part of that team. But Waller's sending them in to get some artifact that will allow her to create some more metahuman superhero beings that won't have an element of free will that she can't fully control them. So the task force and JSA end up realizing that, and then they team up to take Waller down for good. After that, we have Green Lantern Core War. This is a movie. It's so big, we got to put it on the big screen. We're going to have the Sinestro War play out. We're going to introduce Kyle Rayner, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's a struggling artist, and then he gets visited. He uh, gets selected by one of the rings, but it's not a Green Lantern ring. It's one of the fear rings that Sinestro created. So he's on the wrong side of the war, essentially, and he has to ultimately realize that and then join with Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart to stop Sinestro. After that, we have New Gods, another HBO series. This is going to be following the origins and long story, long history of Darkseid and the New Gods of Apocalypse. So like Granny Goodness, Calabac, all those evil guys, and then their fight against High Father and the new gods of New Genesis. So Orion and Big Barda and all of them. So, I mean, that is just something that, yeah, requires a big series to dig into all of it. I mean, it's a mythological epic and a Shakespearean tragedy in one. I mean, as part of a peace treaty, Darkseid and High Father exchange sons. I mean, come on, that's just too good. So new gods, of course, setting up even more of Darkseid, getting to learn a lot about him. And then the next one, Batman and Superman world's finest so we're gonna have a crossover but where they get to be friends for the whole time so in this one they have to go and save their sons because jonathan Kent, his powers have finally manifested and now he wants to put them to use and so he teams up with damian wayne since he's someone around his age who has had experience with hero stuff but you know they bite off more than they can chew get in over their heads because they're trying to live up to their fathers the world's greatest heroes and so they get captured and bruce and clark have to go rescue them and we get to see their unique dynamic play out and their relationships with each of their sons play out. Um, and then also at this point, Bruce and Diana have gone on a couple of dates at this point. So that's a nice running thread of Clark making jokes about that. Um, so yeah. All right, 2031. We're getting closer. Lobo, intergalactic bounty hunter, biker dude, getting played by John Bernthal. Enough said. After that, Aquaman and the throne of Atlantis. So a faction of Atlanteans are angry at Arthur, because he's one, a half-breed. Two, he's been cozying up with the surface world for all this time, and the surface world is polluting the oceans. And three, he's bringing in outsider children, like Jackson Hyde, who's Black Manta's son. So they're getting fed up with Arthur, and also the fact that he's going on all these adventures instead of like truly ruling Atlantis. So this faction leads an insurrection to overthrow Arthur, and so he has to truly fight for the throne and finally accept the responsibilities of being a ruler and finding a way to secure the ocean's long-term health uh, in a peaceful way. So that'll be him finally like growing up and accepting responsibility instead of running around doing these adventures for all this time. Also, his hand gets cut off as he's saving Jackson Hyde and he replaces it with a harpoon. So, you know, those pirates that have the hook hands, this man's got a harpoon hand that's straight out of the Justice League, uh, the show, the animated show. It's amazing. So we're going to have that in here. And then we're going to have, after that, Nightwing, 
So this will follow Dick Grayson's first year on his own, trying to carve out his place as an adult and as a solo hero in his new home of Bloodhaven. And he fights against Blockbuster, who's the big crime boss there. After that, we're going to have Hawkman. So Aldous Hodges will still be Hawkman. He's Carter Hall. And he's shocked when Hawk Girl, Catherine Langford, who's the girl from 13 Reasons Why, she comes in with wings and a hammer just like him. And he's like, what in the world is going on? No one else is supposed to be like me. And again, he's never known like where he's gotten all that powers from. Turns out they're star-crossed lovers from an alien war society that are cursed to reincarnate over and over and over again. Carter doesn't believe it, but of course, when Hawkgirl arrives, she reawakened some nth metal monster. Nth metal is like the thing that they they have in their maces, Um, like extremely strong metal, like a vibranium parallel, basically. Um, And yeah, so that monster awakens in ancient Egypt, which is where they crash landed in a previous life thousands of years ago. So as they're fighting the monster, of course, they end up falling in love and we get to see flashes of their past lives as they, again, continually find each other again. And so, yeah, they beat the monster and they decide to visit the home world of Thanagar. But when they show up there, they see that it's been conquered by Darkseid and his forces. So that's a big shock to them. Young Titans 3... We're going to see the team welcome new members. So Connor Kent, the clone Superboy, and Wally West as Kid Flash. So we got new members on the team. They all decide to visit Starfire's homeworld. If you remember the plot from the cartoon of her evil sister and all of that going on, uh, the team gets a little fractured, but they end up coming together and prevail, and they're stronger for it. So when they leave, however, Darkseid and his forces, including some of the Thanagarians, like those hawk-like, warlike people, soldiers, they come in and conquer this world too. So we're seeing his conquest is expanding. After that, we're going to have Red Hood and the Outlaws as an HBO Max series. So we're going to see Jason Todd working with a bunch of rough around the edges heroes, including Roy Harper, who left Green Arrow's side and is spiraling down, like struggling with the alcoholism issue. Um, in 2032, we're going to have Green Lantern Corps season three. So this is John, Hal, and now Kyle. They're all working together to get rid of the Guardians, finally believing that, in a way, Sinestro was kind of right of, like, yeah, their authority and the way they've been doing things is definitely wrong. So they decide to overthrow them and lead the Lantern Corps into a better new direction. After that, we have Green Arrow 2, Canary's Call. So Oliver is is trying to help Roy get him into rehab and things like that, but nothing works. And Roy ends up falling into an underground fight club of metahumans and superpowered beings. Um, And then as Oliver Queen is trying to get into this fight club and save Roy, he comes across Black Canary, played by Florence Pugh, who is trying to get her own, someone she cares about, her mentor, Wildcat, out of that same, like, underground fight club. And they work together. Romantic sparks are flying. They ultimately rescue their loved ones, save the day, shut down the club. And then at the very end, they get visited by a couple leaguers, justice leaguers, and then they um, get drafted basically into the league because they're like a huge threat is coming and that brings us to the first part of my three part we're pulling like a lord of the rings here three part justice league arc a film a year so it's called justice league apocalypse so orion the dark side son that was swapped um and was living under high father who's played by adam driver orion is played by adam driver uh he is warning the league that the invasion is imminent because New Genesis was attacked. So, yeah, now all the heroes on Earth are banding together, preparing defenses against Darkseid's armada. But when the invasion happens, his parademons, 
have been modified specifically to target each hero's biggest weakness. Because Batman's files that cataloged all the hero's weaknesses got into Darkseid's hands. So the defense goes horribly wrong. Everyone's getting killed, basically. Lois gets killed. Superman snaps. And Batman, as he's like looking over the corpse, looking at all the destruction going on, some of those nightmare visions start coming to him, if you remember from BBS and Justice League. And then all of a sudden, a boom tube opens up. He gets pulled in, and he sees himself, Batman, the nightmare version of Batman. And he discovers this is some alternate dimension or future timeline he's been brought into where they did defeat Darkseid, but now Superman is the tyrannical ruler. He is the Justice Lord. And uh, Batman and a few other surviving heroes are trying to resist against him. So that's part one. After that, we're going to have Zatanna, played by Stephanie Hsu from Everything Ever All at Once. So again, this will be like disconnected from the timeline of the three-part arc that we got going on. So it's going to be its own thing. It's not going to influence that. But yeah, we're going to introduce Zatanna, start getting into the magical, mystical side of the universe a bit more. 2023, we're going to do Static Shock. So we're going to, if you ever saw that cartoon, it's a banger. So we're going to bring that onto the big screen. After that, we're going to have the question, HBO Max series, Conspiracy Theorist Nut, who wears a skin-colored mask that removes all his facial features. We're going to have that guy doing his own series. Again, it'll be a little standalone thing, separate from the Justice League arc we got going on. Part two of that trilogy, we got Injustice League. Yes, we're doing it. We're bringing it up. We're going to have the two Batman and then the Resistance working together to defeat evil Superman and the regime. Um, and they end up having to work with Lex Luthor and form essentially a Legion of Doom in the, regi- uh, the regime's eyes. Um, and their mission is to break out some critical high-level threat that Superman is keeping captive. And they think this person might be powerful enough to bring him down, perhaps another doomsday, something like that, maybe one of the, like an ultra parademon or something that Darkseid had. And so they their mission is to break that person out, and they do so. And who is this ultimate threat? Kara Zor-El, a.k.a. Supergirl, Clark's cousin from Kip Krypton. And she's played by Lily Reinhardt. And then after that, we're going to have Nightwing and Batgirl, again, another like prequel thing. So shortly after he had left um, Battenson's, uh you know, version of Batman. So it's going to be Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon, played by Sadie Sink, who are a duo in Bloodhaven, navigating being a couple and a crime-fighting team. And the villain will be Psycho, an old friend from Haley Circus from his like, time as the Flying Graysons, who was taken by the Court of Owls to be an assassin instead of Dick Grayson. It was supposed to be him that was taken, but it wasn't. So Psycho's pissed about that because his life got ruined. So he's going to try and take down Nightwing. After that, 2034, final year, home stretch. We got Green Lantern Corps Season 4. This is focusing on all the other Lantern Corps that are being created. So seeing Atrocitus with the Red Lantern, Saint Walker with the Blue, Star Sapphire with Violet, Larflees with the uh, Orange. So we're going to see all that stuff. So it's disconnected from the Green Lanterns, like with Hal and Jordan and them, because, again, they're part of the little Justice League arc going on. Then we're going to have Hawk Girl. So Carter and Shire Hall, they're on Thanagar now, and they're fighting to free it from Darkseid's forces. So, yeah, basically, yeah, they're fighting against, like, what Vichy France would be in World War II. Um, and so they succeed. But Carter dies, and Shira is, of course, heartbroken. She promises to avenge him and says, we'll meet again and love again soon in another life. But for right now, she needs to go and avenge him. And so she leads all the Thanagarians, the whole force, to go and attack 
dark side. And then finally, the culmination of everything, the end to the Little Justice League trilogy we got going on here, Justice League Omega War. With Kara's help, they're able to take on and subdue the evil Superman and then find a way to get Batman back to his original timeline. But before everything went down with the invasion, so Batman is able to fess up to everyone about his contingency plans against all the heroes, which of course everyone loses trust in them and they're hurt, especially Wonder Woman, because he had plans for her too. And they've started a relationship at this point and they're basically in love. And so yeah, she's hurt by it, but it at least allows everyone to know that, okay, the parademons have all our weaknesses. Now we need to prepare even more. And they also have the help of Kara and some of the alternate universe, alternate universe versions of the heroes from the other timeline. Um, so they all work together to take on Darkseid. We have this huge, big, epic battle. And in the middle of it, Hawkgirl and all the Thanagarians arrive to help turn the tide. So yeah, it's amazing. They stop Darkseid. Here's the ending of what happens for the Trinity. Batman sacrifices himself. He dies on the battlefield. But that's him making up for his mistakes and averting the Dark Nightmare timeline that he's been haunted by for so long. Superman, after learning about Kara's existence in the alternate universe, knows that his cousin must be out here in this universe. Like, she is out there. There is another Kryptonian. So he sets out with the city of Kandor that he's saved all this time from Brainiac to go out and find and save his cousin. And then Wonder Woman, she leaves the team to go help New Genesis rebuild since in her time of mourning yet another love of her life, Bruce Wayne. She thinks that hoping to restore and create something new will be best for her. So that's where all our Trinity characters go from there. And then the final film I'm going to have is Swamp Thing, a supernatural horror film with those environmental themes. I mean, it is great. And it's setting up, just like with Zatanna, setting up that more supernatural, mystical side we're going to have a Justice League Dark in the future. So that's setting up things down the road. But yes, that is my pitch for the DCEU for the next 10 years, 2025 to 2034. There we go. Bravo. Bravo, Ryan. My goodness. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I truly, I don't know what, how best. much the time went because my stopwatch went off. Either. But... Hopefully it wasn't oh too goodness. much over, but yeah, there we go. I mean, it was, that was a lot. You have your document with the list of those movies, right? Yeah, for sure. Can you send that to me as well? Cause I could not keep up. With I will. Notes. Yeah. I'll share it. I will put I it in the little Zencaster chat. That way when we debate, I can attack you. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not too surprised when I decided I was going to carry on the Snyder verse. My biggest fear was that we would go along similar lines. I was lines. also thinking the same thing, that like our ending point is probably going to be the same. So now I'm interested to see if it actually is. Well, my our ending point, the way we get there is different. But getting there is is very similar. We have a lot of similar movies and a lot of similar plot lines. So this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. It's, it's more about the placement at this point. We have almost all of the same kind of characters making appearances in movies but the placement of them is different mm. so it's almost about like what's what would you rather see in what order you know and what order is more impactful so that's going to be an interesting debate that we can have for sure but i am more or less ready okay make sure you have a stopwatch that won't randomly oh. cut down on you <laughs> let me yeah let me pull out my phone and i will 
set a timer for 25 minutes. Stopwatch. Yeah, timer 25. And I'm going. Okay. So what I, my plan was is that, you know, in 2023, you have Shazam, The Flash, Blue Beetle, Aquaman 2. Those are all going to come out still. In 2024, you have The Batman 2 and Joker. I'm pushing up The Batman 2. It's supposed to come out in 2025. Fuck it. I'll give him the budget he needs to get it out a year early. I just need it out earlier. So Matt Reeves' The Batman 2 comes out in 2024 along with Joker, Folia Du. And then in 2025, I can start fresh with my plans. So the very first thing that's coming out in 2025 is the Man of Steel sequel, Man of Steel Sanctum. It had to be. It had to be. So instead of being a movie about Superman who's way, way in the future, who has a family with Lois Lane, it's very close to when we leave off in Justice League so that we can bring back this character fresh and not have a huge time gap. We get a flashback to Man of Steel when he's fighting Zod. Uh, Lex Luthor's dad dies in the battle, and that is what is driving Lex Luthor up until this point to keep going because they don't really give him motivation. I'm giving him motivation in hindsight. His motivation is that he's trying to uh, acquire the power that Superman has because he's jealous that such a child could have it and that he thinks his superior intellect is more uh, driven to control this power that Superman has. And so he wants to destroy Superman for that. It's like a jealousy kind of thing. Now, cutting back to where, cutting back to the present day, post-Justice League, there is an alien ship that is now orbiting the Earth. It's Brainiac. Brainiac has appeared and he has come from a distant planet, the, the cybernetic planet where he was created. He has, in the past, he befriended Jor-El, who uh, showed him different scientific methods that they were using on Krypton and he was sharing them back and forth. And Brainiac gave technology that created the spaceship that got Superman to Earth. So Superman finds Brainiac technology in this, the Secret Sanctum. And in return... Jor-El was going to give uh, 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 Brainiac more technology to save his planet from an oncoming threat. But by the time uh, Brainiac returned to Krypton, Krypton had already been destroyed. So now he spends a long time journeying to Earth to find Superman to uh, confront him about Krypton and to try and uh, find, a way, find technology in the Secret Sanctum that can save his planet. Meanwhile, Lex Luthor is... Uh, He's also Brainiac is also controlling people slowly throughout Earth. So he's taking over minds bit by bit. He takes over the president's mind. The president pardons Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is out of jail, baby. Now Lex Luthor buys the Daily Planet with his his excessive funds, and then he uses that source to then uh, shit on Superman relentlessly. So using his own newspaper, which he doesn't know, Lex Luthor now starts creating anti-Superman propaganda. The people start to turn on Superman. Because some of them are controlled by Brainiac, some of them are controlled by Lex Luthor's uh, propaganda, and Superman retreats into the Secret Sanctum. While Superman's in the Secret Sanctum, he finds that Brainiac technology in the ship. He starts to question uh, what Jor-El's uh, sort of mental state was, and he starts to question his own mental state because he's torn between his human life and his alien life. Lex Luthor wants him to be more human so that he can give up his, his alien powers. Brainiac wants him to be more... Uh, aliens so that he doesn't have to be this human and he can help Brainiac save his planet. Brainiac takes Lex Luthor and Superman onto a ship for a final showdown. Lex Lu Brainiac reveals that he's been using Lex Luthor the whole time, but Lex Luthor tricks Brainiac and he blows up the inner sanctum with the kryptonite that he had to trick Superman onto the ship. 
And so the, the ship is going down. Lex Luthor saves Superman. They go back to Earth. And now Lex Luthor is uh, uh, heralded as a hero. That, that was his plan the whole time. Because he wants to be seen as the guy who saved Superman. So now he has destroyed Brainiac. And Lex Luthor is now a hero whose pardon has now become justified in the eyes of the people. Now, I took a note from James Gunn when he released his uh, his uh, schedule earlier this week. I took two things from him because I thought two things were good. The first one was the Lanterns TV show. I think it's a great idea. Lanterns as being the, these Green Lantern characters who are doing this noir sort of true detective kind of story. So basically... Uh, Green Lanterns are slowly having their powers sucked away and murdered uh, in different planets across the universe. The Green Lanterns need a new hero, so they induct Hal Jordan from Earth to help them investigate this. They pair him with Sinestro. They go on like a, a true detective style uh, mystery hunting down this person. It turns out it's William Hand, a.k.a. Black Hand, who has the ability to suck power from lantern rings. And in the end, they beat Black Hand, and the very end of the, sh the season one is Sinestro reveals to Hal that there are other Lantern Corps and that they need to uh, prepare for war because the other Lantern Corps are starting to gear up against them. Next in that year is the first Batman film. So what I wanted to do with my 10 years is to adapt comics that I really like, not necessarily faithfully, but adapt them into sort of a, a, a film version that is more translatable to film, but is still more honest to the comic as opposed to earlier renditions which just adapt parts and parts of comics and then make their own thing. So the first Batman film is The Long Halloween. He does a lot of things. You can introduce Catwoman, Solomon Grundy, Joker, Calendar Man, Poison Ivy, Riddler, Scarecrow, Mad Hatter, and of course, Two-Face. Two-Face is the main villain of that story, and I want Two-Face to have a very important role later, so this will set up Two-Face's and Batman's guilt over Two-Face's demise in, in The Long Halloween, which is perfect. Also, Joker, recast. Just recast. It's not any of them. It's a new person. Don't care who it is. Recast. After the long Halloween, we get a Martian Manhunter movie. It is a prequel to Man of Steel. It is about John Johns. He's on Mars, and he's fighting with his twin brother, Malefic. And then at the end of the movie, John Johns comes to Earth. Malefic also comes to Earth a little bit later. And Lex Luthor approaches Malefic about joining him in a team that can take on Earth's, Earth's superheroes. Now, after that is Green Arrow. Green Arrow fights with Merlin, who is Arthur King, and the League of Assassins, and we get to introduce Ra's al Ghul at the end, who uh, denounces Merlin and says that he's no longer an assassin, and Merlin joins Lex Luthor instead, instead of being with the League of Assassins. After that, we get the first season of the TV show Justice League Dark. Now, Zatanna is approached by John Constantine, who recruits her to fight Felix Faust, who is trying to uh, uh, gain power, but gaining he just wants to become the most powerful magic user on Earth, and he has uh, kidnapped Constantine's love interest, Jane Porter, in order to do so. Uh, the team includes Swamp Thing, Dead Man, and Clarion the Witch Boy. Clarion, the witch boy, is technically a supervillain, but in here we're going to muddy it up a little bit and make him an anti-hero because Clarion will have a more important role later in the story. Uh, at the very end of season one, Constantine trades the power of the team to save his love interest, so he betrays them, and then with the help of Madame Xanadu, Constantine has a turnaround in his 
in his uh, thinking. He decides not to betray them because he has become friends with this team over the course of the season. And with Madame Xanadu, he defeats Faust and gives them back their powers. And then they're a team again. After that is Wonder Woman 3. Credit, credit where the credit's due, Ryan. You came up with a lot of good subtitles for your movies. I don't have many. This is just Wonder Woman 3. Veronica Kale, who is very similar to Lex Luthor. She's very power-driven, and she's very jealous of Wonder Woman's power. She hires Sorceress Cersei to kill Wonder Woman as revenge for destroying the legacy of her mentor, Max Lord, back in the 80s. Uh, Cersei bails at, at the end because uh, Wonder Woman beats her, and Cersei respects that she has been beaten. And Kale concocts a serum from Cersei's spellbooks that turns the still bitter Barbara Minerva, who is now elderly, a little bit older, turns her back into a bloodthirsty cheetah more powerful than even before. So Barbara Minerva is now the cheetah again, and she battles once again with Wonder Woman at the end, but Wonder Woman triumphs. It turns out in the post credit scene, Lex has been bankrolling Kale the whole time, and Lex appro- approaches Cheetah at the very end. Next, Hot Girl. Hot Girl is uh, being trained by her love interest, Hawkman, when Lex Luthor builds tech for Carl Sands, a.k.a. Shadow Thief, to steal priceless artifacts across the globe, including a priceless artifact from Hawkman. In the uh, process, he attacks Hawkman and gravely wounds him. And so Hot Girl has to spend the rest of the movie tracking Shadow Thief down to re- retrieve all the stolen items and uh, to seek revenge on Hawkman. But in the very end, she spares Shadow Thief and puts him in prison instead. Next is Lanterns Season 2. The Green Lanterns are attacked by Atrocious and the Red Lantern Corps. Uh, Hal learns about other cores, and he starts to lean into his rage. He starts to get angry. He starts to build this anger towards the other cores that they are destroying his friends and that they're attacking the people he loves. And the Guardians start to fear that Hal is starting to lean into the Red Lanterns. So they give a Green Lantern status to Jon Stewart from Earth to uh, counteract Hal Jordan in case he decides to switch to the Red Lanterns. But after uh, spending time with Jon Stewart, Hal Jordan is able to fight off the desire to lean into his rage. In the process, meanwhile, Sinestro is using fear tactics to beat the Red Lanterns, which the Guardians dislike. So the Guardians dispel Sinestro at the very end after they beat Atrocious from the Green Lantern Corps, and Sinestro joins the Yellow Lantern Corps after he is seduced by Parallax. Next is Aquaman 3. Nereus, the militant leader of Zabel, hires Pirate the Fisherman to wreak havoc on the seas, bringing Aquaman out of hiding from Atlantis, where Nereus can attack him. Nereus beats Aquaman, who is currently, uh, he feels torn that he can't be the king of Atlantis and a human at the same time. He wants to live a human life like he did before, but he also has responsibilities as the king of Atlantis. And in that turmoil, Nereus is able to beat him and surplant him as the militant leader of Atlantis now. And while Aquaman is reeling from the loss, the fisherman turns out to be an alien parasite that feeds off of hosts. So it's not the person, it's the hood that the fisherman wears that's on top of the person. And it attacks Nereus and takes over Nereus's body. And so the fisherman is now the king of Atlantis and kills Nereus in the process. And then Aquaman has to fight the fisherman and retake Atlantis and become the king once again and accept his responsibilities. After that is Justice League Dark Season 2. In the beginning, Raven escapes from her father Trigon, and Constantine and crew have to protect Raven while they're also tracking a mysterious being known as the Spectre. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. After that is Cyborg. Uh, Young Keiji Otari is sent to a juvie facility after uh, hacking into Star Labs. 
And when he hacks into Star Labs, he or when he's into the Juvie Center, he uses a stolen software that he stole from Star Labs to upload himself to the internet. But after he does so, his physical body is killed in the prison by other prisoners. So now KG Otari is a hate bit, and he's only uh, uploaded onto the internet. While he's there, he hacks his way into Cyborg to take over his body so that he can continue his crimes to raise money and save his dying mother. So Cyborg has to fight back in his own cybernetic subconscious against KG Otari. And the end of it, KG Otari is locked onto a hard drive by Cyborg, which is then hacked into by Lex Luthor. The next movie is Blue Beetle 2. Blue Beetle tries to stop criminal David Clinton from stealing tech from Star Labs, but fails. Batman swoops in and arrests Clinton and benches Blue Beetle for being reckless. Clinton escapes and builds his time machine to go back in time to kill Batman before he arrested his brother and sent him to Blackgate Prison where he was killed. Blue Beetle travels through time to beat this new villain, Kronos, who is David Clinton. So there's a, it's like a, a time-hopping kind of uh, mystery where Blue Beetle has to fight Kronos throughout time. And then at the very end of it, Blue Beetle breaks the time machine, which hurls Blue Beetle back into the present day and sends Kronos infinitely through time. After that is a, a limited series about the Spectre, who was in season two of Justice League Dark. It gives the backstory of Jim Corrigan as he investigates his own murder in the in like 70s Gotham. He gets murdered and uh, the spirit take or the Spectre takes over his body, he becomes the spirit of vengeance, and he has to track down the his own murderers. After that is Justice League, Legion of Doom. Lex recruits Cheetah, KG Otari, Shadow Thief, Captain Cold, Malefic, Merlin, Scarecrow, and Bane into the Legion of Doom. This kind of follows the same plotline as Justice League Doom, the animated movie. Uh, Shadow Thief sneaks into the Batcave by stealing Batman's shadow. He hacks information uh, on... He uses Lex Luthor's technology to hack information from the Batcomputer on Batman's files about how to kill each member of the Justice League should they uh, turn evil. And then they use that information to sabotage each member of the Justice League. In the original story, uh, Cyborg is the one who uh, steps up and is able to save everybody, and then he's inducted into the Justice League at the end of it. But Cyborg is already a part of the Justice League. So in this one, Blue Beetle saves the day, and at the very end is inducted into the Justice League. And the last bit of the movie is that Batman launches the Watchtower into space, cementing that the Justice League is a permanent structure in Earth's defense. After that is Justice League Dark Season 3. The team investigates murders in Gotham City with Detective Chimp and Jim Gordon, and the killer turns out to be Mr. Mixelplex, which will come back later. After that, this is the other thing I took from uh, Mr. James Gunn. I really like the title The Brave and the Bold. So the next Batman movie is The Brave and the Bold. Dick Grayson's family is killed by Two-Face and Batman feels responsible because he let Two-Face become what he is. And so he uh, trains Dick in the ways of martial arts and detective stuff and trains him to basically be the next Batman and inducts him as the Robin. Uh, after that, Dick is starting to be seduced by the master of the League of Assassins, Ra's al Ghul himself. But Batman is distracted because he's busy fighting off Mr. Freeze, who is on a rampage to seek vengeance on the people who took his wife from his frozen wife from him. So Batman's busy with that. Dick is being tricked into Ra's al Ghul to uh, to basically lean into revenge and kill Two-Face. And Ra's al Ghul gives him a choice to either kill Two-Face or not or die himself. And Dick chooses to let Two-Face go. And so he has to fight Ra's al Ghul and he loses. But Batman steps in and is able to fight off Ra's al Ghul. 
we also get Talia Ghul in the movie, and she kind of rekindles a relationship with Batman. So that's a little like hinted at a little bit. And then at the very end, no, that's the end. All right, moving on. After that is Birds of Prey too. I'm keeping Birds of Prey. All the all the characters they're moving on because uh, I, I I liked the the actual Birds of Prey characters. I just didn't like Black Mask. That's a whole other thing. Birds of Prey 2, the whole plot of the movie is that Savant kidnaps Black Canary, who is rescued by the team in addition to Batgirl and Green Arrow. That's pretty much it. After that is the Plastic Man movie. I'm so excited for this. It's it's just a gangster flick, like uh, in the guise of like uh, The Mask with Jim Carrey. It's going to be like a modern day thing, but they're all dressed like gangsters and they're all comic-y and stuff. And that'll be just a ton of fun. After that is Flash 2, Eobard Thawne accesses the speed force to create speedsters all across the planet and abnormalities as well. So he's basically spinning around the planet using the speed force to create speedsters and a bunch of different other things that, uh, that includes a race of intelligent apes led by Gorilla Grodd. He then stops them from committing crimes to appear like a hero. So he's doing the same thing that Lex Luthor did earlier. He's basically just creating villains and then beating them. It's kind of like the syndrome thing in injustice or in a, uh, what's it called? Incredibles. He's basically doing that over again. And then Flash thwarts Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash escapes and is found by Gorilla Grodd. Grodd, fearing that the Flash could remove his intellect, teams with Reverse Flash to kill the Flash. In order to uh, get Flash to show up, they kidnap Iris West. And then in the process of the Flash trying to rescue her, Gorilla Grodd stomps on her and kills her. And so Iris West is dead. The Flash is devastated. And... No, he knows there's only one solution to bring her back. He has to go back in time, so he goes faster than he's ever gone before. Spins around the planet, goes back in time to before Eobarthon even uh, uses the speed force. And he knows there's only way to keep Eobarthon from using it. He has to cripple Eobarthon so that he can't run. So he cripples Eobarthon, which is the most brutal thing the Flash has done at this point, and it really affects him. But it's the only thing he could do. After that, there's a new show called Gods of Olympus. It's about the Greek gods, and they're led by Hercules. That's about it. After that is Lanterns Season 3. In fear of Parallax, the Guardians recruit a lot of new Lanterns, including Kyle Rayner and Guy Garner, and they do battle with the Lantern Corps, Yellow Lantern Corps, including Sinestro. At the end of it, they beat Parallax, and Sinestro is now the uh, the unbeaten leader of the Yellow Lantern Corps. After that is a uh, Justice League, or a Captain Atom movie. Sorry. There's a Captain Atom movie. In Vietnam-era America, Nate Atom is disintegrated in a war project a few years later, a recreation of the experiment yields the same result to Clifford Zemeck. 18 years after this accident, Adam returns as Captain Adam, and soon after, Zemeck emerges as Major Force. Major Force starts trampling through uh, 1980s uh, America and the surrounding areas, and it's he just starts destroying all kinds of things, and Captain Adam has to stand up and beat him down using his superior strength and nuclear power. After that is Justice League Dark Season 4, Dr. Fate makes an appearance and tries to convince Satana to leave Justice League Dark, but she's hesitant because of the connection she's made with the team. The team has to fight Merlin. Not not the same Merlin who's the archer, but Merlin is in like the wizard Merlin, who has resurrected the Atlantean demigod Arion to fight for him. Zatanna at the very end of the beat Arion and Merlin himself. She leaves to train with Dr. Fate. Constantine disbands the Justice League Dark. And then at the very end, Constantine watches over his ex, Jane Porter, and their daughter, Rose. So Constantine has a daughter now. After that is Man of Steel Kryptonite. John Corbin, fellow reporter at the Daily Planet, who has a a crush on Lois Lane, suffers a near-fatal accident after fleeing the scene of a crime that he committed to get headlines. 
a scientist rebuilds Corbin as Metalo with a kryptonite heart and a cybernetic body. And then Corbin kills the scientist out of hatred for what he has become. And then because the kryptonite is the, the force of the kryptonite is being sucked out slowly to maintain his body, he needs more kryptonite in order to keep living. So he has to track down more kryptonite. First, he uses Lois Lane to get Superman to take him to the secret sanctum. He destroys the secret sanctum looking for more kryptonite and can't find any. Then he has to break into LexCorp and it turns into this. And then uh, he breaks into he breaks into LexCorp, then forces Luther to expose his collection of kryptonite. And then in the process, Corbin becomes a Terminator, hell bent on killing Superman after he learns he is Clark Kent because he ha- he's despised Clark Kent from uh, ever since he met him. So he gets all this kryptonite from Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor tells him that Clark Kent is Superman and then Metalo goes crazy and turns into this Terminator who has to kill Superman and Superman ends up killing him. After that is Batgirl and Batwoman. Damian Wayne is brought to Bruce Wayne after Talia Ghoul passes away. So Bruce Wayne adopts him. Kate Kane, inspired by Batman, dons the mask. She teams up and fights the Court of Owls where she learns about her own family history and that of Bruce Wayne, learning his identity as Batman. At the same time, Jason Todd uses his detective skills to track down Batman as Bruce Wayne, begging to become his protege, and in the process, Dick becomes the Nightwing, Jason becomes Robin, and both become brothers to Damien, who is growing up in this new Bat family. Peak Bat family. Everybody loves it. They're all happy. They're all who they're supposed to be. Nobody's hurt. It's fantastic. Al- Alfred's really happy. It's, it's amazing. Bruce is really happy because he has a family once again. It's perfect. After that is Gods of Olympus Season 2. The gods fight the new gods like High Father and uh, Orion. And then the old gods and the new gods have to team up to fight Mongol and an army invading from Apocalypse. After that, like Ryan said, Lobo. I mean, it's a dude. He's on a bike. He's a, he's a bounty hunter. And then while he's also... Uh, doing his banner hunting stuff he uh is he's helped by guy gardner the green lantern so guy gardner makes an appearance in the movie after that we have a new show arkham season one this is like a horror tv show it's about psychiatrists at arkham asylum as they interview patients and uncover the dark secrets of the arkham family the patients that they interview are victor zaz killer croc calendar man hush alberto falcone Clayface, Scarecrow, Mad Hatter, and Professor Pig. So all the scary serial killer ones. After that is the Arrow and the Canary. Black Canary and Green Arrow team up against Deathstroke. And then you also get their budding romance starting to appear. They're falling in love. They're doing great. I didn't do a lot of castings, but I thought Charlie Hunnam would make a really good Green Arrow. I'm just throwing that out there. After that is Zatanna's Fate, a movie about Zatanna and Dr. Fate. Zatanna's being trained by Dr. Fate, and then they have to do battle with Wotan the sorcerer who seeks to supplant Dr. Fate, and later, God itself. Now, in terms of the Bat family, this next movie is where everything's been building up. This is a death in the family. So Joker just goes on a fucking rampage. He shoots Barbara Gordon and tortures Jim Gordon. Jason Todd searches for his birth mother at the same time. Joker sets up bombs all around Bloodhaven for Nightwing to disarm, but at the very last one, there's no bomb inside of it. Instead, there's goons, and they ambush Nightwing and beat him to uh, near death. And then in the process, he discovers Nightwing's Joker discovers Nightwing's identity and from there deduces Batman's identity. After that, Jason finds his mother who is working at a Red Cross distribution center as a doctor. But Joker blackmails the mother because she is stealing supplies from the Red Cross and selling them on the black market. And he blackmails her into bringing Jason to the Joker where he ties both of them down and beats them savagely, killing the mother and nearly killing Jason Todd. 
Joker gives Batman Jason's location and sneaks into Wayne Manor while Batman is gone. There, he knocks out Alfred and shows Damien the pictures of Jason's beaten, bloody body. Batman finds Jason and watches him die as his wounds are too grave. And Joker is waiting for Batman at Wayne Manor where Batman beats him near death. He hesitates as Damien watches and takes Joker to Arkham in order to instill that no killing rule into Damien. That even at this point, even as far as Joker has gone, he deserves to live. And Joker promises to keep Batman's secret identity safe as he is locked away in Arkham. Speaking of Arkham, Arkham Season 2. Joker is the new inmate. Uh, the whole plot of the season that Clayface has escaped his cell and is trying to leave Arkham, the island of Arkham Asylum. And there's more mystery about the Arkham family that's being uncovered. But basically it's like a uh, uh, the thing kind of murder mystery where Clayface could be anybody at any point and you don't know who it is and he's slowly killing the people one by one, which is scary but good. I really like it. Next is Blue Beetle 3, and it's just basically Blue Beetle fights the Black Beetle. That's just all it is. I mean, it, it, it's just Blue Beetle 2 is where all the, the good, juicy character development is, and Blue Beetle 3 is just sort of him continuing his arc being this growing hero, and he has to fight the Black Beetle. Flash 3. Barry's reversal of time in Flash 2 caused the Speed Force to create two more speedsters, Wally West and paralyzed police officer Hunter Zolomon, who is Zoom. Zolomon, a member of a failed paraplegic research program, decides... Oh, shit, I'm out of time. Ah, I need more time. There's how no much way. Are you, how many more do you have? I'm on 2032 out of 2035 for you. See, I told you. I bet I, if I, I... All right, all right. I will blast through okay, in 10 minutes. But I, I want to let the record show. <laughs> I said 25 minutes is not going to be enough. And you're right. You're right. Me. You're absolutely right. But, all right, you're yeah, just right. blow through it as fast as you can. Basically, the plot of Flash 3 is that Zolomon teams up with Eobard Thawne. They do a four-way speedster fight between Barry, Wally West, Zoom, and Reverse Flash. And then at the end, Zoom turns on Reverse Flash, kills him by zooming really fast around him so that he suffocates him and then breaks his neck in the process. And then Zoom dies from exhaustion from running so fast. Now, Deathstroke, mini it's brutal, yeah. I see your space fashion. Yeah, it's brutal. Then there's a Deathstroke miniseries where Deathstroke has to team up with Nightwing and... In Bloodhaven, they fight against a growing organized crime syndicate. After that is a Booster Gold movie where Booster Gold has to fight his father, Jonar Carter, a.k.a. Supernova, as they both travel back in time to the 21st century. Booster Gold wants to be a superhero. Uh, Jonar Carter is a thief who's stealing things throughout time, and he has to fight him with the help of Blue Beetle. Arkham Season 3, Scarecrow terrorizes Arkham Asylum, and Joke at the very end of it, Joker breaks free. Birds of Prey 3, Oracle reunites with the Birds of Prey to stop Lady Shiva from assassinating Green Arrow. And then Injustice Year One. I'm doing the Injustice storyline. I'm doing all five years of comics that take place before Injustice. It starts with this one, Injustice Year One. Superman kills the Joker after the Joker convinces Superman that he's fighting Doomsday, but really it's a hallucination and he's beating up Lois Lane and in, uh, in preg she's pregnant at the time. So he kills Lois Lane and his own uh, infant or his own unborn daughter. And then in the process, because her heart stops, that is the trigger that ignites an atomic bomb that blows up all of Metropolis. Superman declares a militant world order after he kills the Joker and Aquaman decides to fight back. And Superman puts him in his place by picking up all of Atlantis and putting it in the Sahara Desert. Now, Superman is the supreme leader of the planet. Nobody can disagree with it. The Justice League is split on their allegiances. Many heroes continue at Arkham where Damian Wayne, many heroes converge at Arkham where some are trying to break out prisoners, some are trying to supplant prisoners, and they all fight. It's a big fight that happens, and then Damian Wayne accidentally kills Nightwing as in the fight, which makes uh, Damian Wayne, God, it's hard to get all this. There's so much story for the Injustice storyline. 
basically Injustice Year One is that the heroes split up. There's a lot of deaths. Nightwing dies by accident. Damian Wayne uh, joins with Superman against Batman. Batman, in the very end of it, Batman uh, tries to find a small pill that has been created by Lex Luthor that creates superheroes. It's stuck in the Secret Sanctum, and uh, in the process, when they get there, they find that uh, Superman is hiding his parents there, and they they realize that Superman is going to think that they're trying to kill his parents when they're not. So Superman flies to their aid. In his rage, he accidentally ki- or he beats Green Arrow to death. Now Green Arrow is dead. Now he can move on. Next movie is Nightwing. It's a prequel to Injustice. After Jason's murder, Dick returns to Gotham to dismantle the Penguin's operations. He faces the, the damages of his family and confronts his past Two-Face. And throughout the movie, he meets Starfire, who he falls in love with, even though he dies in Injustice Year One. Injustice Blackest Night is when Sinestro shows up and he convinces Superman to uh, lean into fear. So Superman gets his own fear ring. How Jordan is corrupted, he gets a fear ring, and they're all—all all the Green Lanterns show up in mass, and they're all fighting, and they're all killing each other. Uh, John Stewart dies, uh, Kyle Rayner dies, Guy Gardner also dies in the very end. Like all the Green Lanterns just end up dying, and all the yellow—a lot of the Yellow Lanterns end up dying. Snestro eventually wins, and at the very end of it, Black Canary is killed as she seeks revenge on Superman for killing Green Arrow. However, Doctor Fate comes at the very end and says, "Fuck Fate." And he takes Black Canary and he re uh, he brings her back to life and puts her in a different universe where that Black Canary had died so she can exist with Green Arrow in peace. Jonah Hex miniseries comes after that. It's just a limited series about Jonah Hex being a bounty hunter in the Wild West. After that is a Swamp Thing limited series. It's just the backstory of Swamp Thing. Anton Arcane tracks Swamp Thing as he is obsessed with immortality and Swamp Thing falls in love with Anton's niece, Abigail. After that is Injustice, the Spirit of Vengeance. That's when the Justice League Dark starts to get involved in the Injustice work. Uh, John Constantine recruits Batman and Detective Chimp to help him uh, defeat Superman as he's tired of the casualties. His ex-lover, Jane Porter, has died, and now his daughter is left uh, almost an orphan since Constantine is barely a father. And now he decides to fight against Superman. It's a bunch of spiritual stuff. All of the spiritual people come together. Nightwing becomes the dead man because the dead man is killed. Uh, so Nightwing is now flying around. The Spectre is no longer Jim Corrigan. The Spectre has been supplanted, and at the very end, the twist is that the Spectre has become Mr. Mixelplix, who fights Trigon over the disappearance of Raven, and there's a big battle at the end with all these spiritual people coming together and fighting. Swamp Thing ends up dying. A bunch of crazy things happen. Uh, Huntress dies, but in the end, accidentally killed by Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman has to deal with that later in the story. After that movie is Starfire. There's a backstory on, Star- it's a backstory on Starfire's home planet with a bitter rival sister, uh, Blackfire, and then it ends with Starfire heading to Earth to set up her arrival in Nightwing, which was previously done. After that is Injustice, the Gods of War. It's old and new gods fighting. All the, the gods come from uh, the Greek islands, and they declare that Superman can't be a god, and so they fight. Wonder Woman goes back and forth on her guilt over killing Huntress and all kinds of other things. And then in the very end, the new gods show up, and they're like, you can't be doing this. And so the gods back off, and all the gods go away, and it's the end of that. And then after that is a Sandman miniseries. It, it's basically the Sandman. He's like this uh, this guy who can investigate the dreams of children who are disturbed by the war of the superheroes that is going on at this time. And he uncovers the Nightmare Wizard who kills children with scary dreams. He wears a green suit fedora and gas mask. It's an old story from way back in the early days of Detective Comics. After that is Injustice, Last Hope. This is year five. Lex Luthor, determined to beat Superman and to help the insurgency, creates a Superman clone, Bizarro, who goes on a rampage because he's an idiot and accidentally kills a lot of people. Superman eventually beats Bizarro and then also has to beat Doomsday at the same time. 
Plastic Man shows up to help break out a bunch of villains who team up with Batman to fight Superman, like Captain Cold and a bunch of other ones from earlier in the stories. And then they all team up together and decide that the only way that they can stop the the Justice League is with the Justice League. So they have to tap into another timeline to bring in heroes to fight against Superman. And so the next movie is Injustice, Gods Among Us, a very direct adaptation of the video game. Uh, it's taken place before the events of the first Injustice movie where the Joker is about to blow up Metropolis, but they actually win that fight. And so Superman is still Superman and nobody's uh, dead. And the team is brought into this universe, this nightmare universe that Ben Affleck has been seeing this whole time, where Superman is now in charge of this new world order. Uh, he's beaten Darkseid at some point in the Injustice series, and he's now in control of Darkseid's apocalypse uh, forces, and he's control of all of Earth. And the team has a team up together to beat Superman at the very end of it. They do beat Superman using Superman from the good universe, which the bad, the nightmare Batman was against, but decides to relent and allow him to fight because the only person that beat Superman is Superman. And after the fight, the evil Superman is confronted by the still alive Lois Lane, who is brought into the bad universe, who is ashamed at what he's become. And in his guilt and in his grief, Superman, the evil Superman flies into the sun and kills himself because the only person that can kill Superman is Superman. And then that's the end of the Injustice storyline. All of the good people go back to their good universe. The Nightmare universe is left in ruins because it just is. And so now we're back in the good universe. And we pick up with the Question miniseries, which is basically about this investigative reporter who has hallucinations all the time. His name is Vic Sage. He solves murders in Hub City. And that's pretty much it. After that is The Crimson Avenger, a movie about a 40s noir thriller. Lee Walter Travis, newspaper publisher, dons the mask of The Crimson Avenger to fight crime. And it plays alongside the, the political conflicts of the time of the 40s with all the wars that were happening with World War II and with the conflicts in Asia as well. And then after that, the final movie, the final thing in the entire 10 years, it's called Detective Comics Number 1. The Crimson Avenger, The Question, and Sandman are recruited by Detective Slam Bradley to aid Batman in one last case, the murdering of chemical executives. And the villain ends up being Alfred Stryker, who is the very first Batman villain in the very first comics ever written. And then that's the end. I'm done. Woo. You're right, Ryan. 25 minutes. 25 minutes was not enough. <laughs> we should have said 30. That's what I'm saying. At least. That's what I'm saying. But you were. Mean, yeah, I'm glad to see, though, that you popped off and had so many ideas, so many projects. We're going to have to see when yeah. we share these uh, slates how many projects in total. Yeah. Let me, let me share mine to you right now. Um, but yeah, so let me go ahead and. Here, I did have a lot. Yeah, put it. I had a lot of TV shows. We did. We can put it in the Ill document or the Zencaster chat here. Yeah. Okay, so buddies. Oh my God, Alessandra counted. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, Alessandra. You knew. I had fifty-three. Dude, if you my shaved God. off one, you could have had fifty-two. You could have had a new fifty-two. Thing. Ah, that would have been good. What's funny is I called an audible and I shaved one off before I started talking. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. I originally had a, uh, I really originally had a The Atom movie after Starfire where Kronos would come back, but I was like, no, nah, I like the way Kronos ends in the Blue Beetle too. I, I like him traveling through time and not being able to get out, so I kept it, and I didn't want the, uh, I didn't want Kronos to come back. Gotcha. All right. Are you ready for debate, Ryan? <laughs> Let's go ahead and do it. Let's have a fairly quick here of just our... We can do like a... 
yeah, our initial attacks, or to be honest, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm interested in what our judges are thinking. They had to sit I'm, there for I'm a long very time. interested in what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't we actually open it up to them first? We'll switch around. We'll let them yeah, do, do questions, provide some feedback, and then, then we can dig into our ultimate attacks. So, all right, judges. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? What do you love? What do you dislike? What do you have questions about? Talk about what's going on. And the the documents do work for you guys, right? You're able to see it. The list that we have. I think the only one I can't see is Dylan's, but I have requested access. Oh, oh yeah, you need, yeah, access. I need access. You got to make it for. Uh... Let me make sure it's available yeah. to everybody. Okay, seeing it laid out with the years All right, it should makes it a lot more digestible. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Instead of just going off. Yeah. All right. Now, both I of you are leaving the 2023 and 2024 current slate alone, right? Yeah, except I'm moving the Batman up to 2024. That way, it's just not in the way of anything else. But it's pretty much the same as what it is currently. I am definitely overwhelmed by the amount of information. I was. It is a lot. So much. It's a, it's a lot. So, let's. I, I just want to bring up one a uh, point. So you were saying you're continuing everything with the TCU, Dylan, but mm, your yes. Batman pitches. Mm. Is it Batfleck? Is still going to be in the role? It's Batfleck. Okay. So when you did your whole Bat Family thing, though, mm. canonically, there's already been a Joker that's been killed, right? We see his suit hanging up in the, the thing. A Robin? Yeah. Retcon that. Wow, a <laughs> big retcon, okay. Big retcon, gone. Well, I thought that was stupid that they included it in the first place, so gone. I think there's also, retconned. in your slate, uh, Ryan, there's also an inconsistency, which is What's you that? recast Canary and completely yes. ignore the Birds of Prey, despite you continuing well, I'm continuing it. Again, I was trying to blow through it, but yeah, Black Canary specifically is not a part of that team anymore. She goes off on her own to be more of like a hero, and that's when she joins up with Wildcat. So like in the film itself, they would reference the fact that Black Canary is separated from the Birds of Canary, or from the Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll be so the you- thing. And I do, I do recast her, though. I do change out the actress for it. But yeah, there are other times where I recast, like with Lex Luthor, but it's still the same character. Like he still did the whole doomsday thing in Batman v Superman. So they're the same character. Yeah, for I me, the only the actress. Yeah, for for me, the only characters recast were Joker and uh, the Flash. So you didn't have you had no yeah. Joker casting. You didn't have anyone in mind to do the. No, God, no! Are you kidding? I have no <laughs> idea who would be a good Joker. I have no interest in in fan casting. I just am here for the characters. Interesting. Your fan casts were fun, though. I will tell you. See, you kind of you had good fan. I'm sure. Hopefully, it gave some good images in the mind of our. You also had very good titles. If I had to concede anything, you had good castings and good titles. I told Sebastian earlier. I I was like, bro, James Gunn did not have it with the titles. Mine, no, he didn't. Top tier. I had much fun. Winter of, of the Batman is very. That's what I'm good. saying, and that was the one we called out to. I was like, the Batman Part Two, like, come on, you could have done so much better. And like, doing the Matt Reeves' whole Planet of the Apes thing, where Dawn is Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes, just do that same sort of thing. Winter of the Batman, 
flight of the Batman and Robin. I mean, come on. It's too good. It's right there. It's, it's right, right there. there. <laughs> He's already done it with a different franchise. Just copy it. Come on. Yeah, it's right there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So, yeah, that was one one thing I had. The other thing I have, I guess I'm looking at your slate right now. So, you have, you have one, two, three, four, five Injustice movies across three well, years. Well, six. Hey, 2023, five. Oh. Yeah, I did sort of... I messed it up. I'm, so it's 2030 or 2025 to 2034 is technically 10 years. Um, you said 2025 did, to 2035. I but then I adjusted it. So I was like, okay, just a 10-year slate. But yeah, I can see why you... And then failed it. to tell Wait, so me. one, two, three, four, five. The six Injustice League movies. Yes. Across four years. It'll be a massive endeavor because every character that you've seen so far makes an appearance in these movies. <laughs> That's insane. Massive so endeavor. Also, That's what I'm saying. And it would be amazing. It would be epic. So what's funny, though, is if you take out that final year, we did have the same amount of mm-hmm. projects for just the 10 years. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, You're right. But okay, so that is crazy. Having six and just It is films, crazy. It's bold. Hey, it's bold. It's what we need to fight the MCU. You need to take no, risks. I don't think so. You need to go for <laughs> it. Evidenced by them moving epic it would the two be. Avenger films. They were going to have two Avengers in the same year. And then they said, have no, that's read, crazy. Have you, this is crazy. Having two, Have two, you read the Injustice comic storylines? I've not read them, but I mean, yeah, I know. About they are phenomenal. They are phenomenal. They're incredible. I mean... They're brutal. The the stories that they're telling, they're 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 just they hurt. They they're so well written. They're they're amazing. They're amazing comics, and they need to be adapted. And this is the way to See, do it. Zack Snyder already set it up for me. I just knocked the pins down. You can adapt them, I think, but not so faithfully to where we have. I have to. You have to. I wanted to. I wanted to write it out as three and take the comics and make them two movies, and then do Gods Among Us as the third one. And I was watching review, like I was recapping the story for the comics, and there it's five years of comic. Each each graphic novel is a year, and every single panel is so good it has to be in it. Every single one. See, I don't know that the people could just read the comics and get it from there. The art of the adaptation no. is condensing it, Absolutely making it accessible for the mainstream audience in a film the format. Adaptation here, is, is here's the deal as well. The, is taking characters that I've inserted like Booster Gold or Blue Beetle that don't make an appearance in Injustice and fitting them into the storyline. That's the adaptation. Here's the deal with the Injustice thing. You have six of these movies. You're going to create audience fatigue because also, as you pointed out, they're brutal. And if I'm... Because you said at the end, you're like, they bring in people from the other timeline. But Mm. So our universe is this timeline, right? Like our universe is the Nightmare Universe. So everything from 20... 25 yeah. to 2023 when it or 2032 when it starts is our universe so what you're doing is for five films essentially you're telling the story as if this is our universe and then the sixth film you essentially confirm it is our universe we have good guys coming in from another universe and then they go back to theirs mm-hmm. so then what yeah. we're left with is from 2013 at the start of the yeah. dceu till now mm-hmm. all the characters we were watching everyone we were seeing and fell in love with they're all dead because this universe is actually real. It's, yes. That's insane. The audience is going to hate Correct. that. They will they love will not. it. They will not be like, I'm glad I saw six films of all my favorite heroes. Turning Every on each character other, gets each a other. good conclusion. Every character gets a good The conclusion. dead ones. All the, all yes. the ones that are killed off. 
Yes, Nightwing becomes the dead man. Uh, Black Canary gets to live out her life with Green Arrow in a, in a separate universe. It's all there. It's all well written. It's our universe has fallen apart. I mean, you can do that when it's an old universe thing, but people are not going to be fond it's of brilliant. seeing again up to twenty no, years brilliant. built into this universe, and then it all is destroyed, and there's no way. I fundamentally to disagree. Turn it with back. You. I mean, that's crazy. That's really well. Also, let's think about it like this. There's different universes. The fuck? You could say you watch this whole story in this universe, and then at the very end in the good universe, it's the exact same thing, except one thing's different. It's just, it's, well, there's the only thing that's different the people in Metropolis didn't that die. You include in this one, which is, again, the whole Justice storyline applying to our universe that we've been following. And again, it's the thing you can have. Let's think, about your, let's think about your Injustice storyline and how muddled it is. Now you have, you have a story going on in a separate universe where all these characters are fighting and you're doing kind of a similar thing that I'm doing. And then you have movies going on at the same time that are coming out at the same time in a different universe. Right. Talk well, about muddled. Muddled, well, it's better than having Nightwing and Starfire coming out after they're already dead in the Injustice League thing. I don't know why you're doing that. Starfire, the prequel to Nightwing, the prequel to him dying in Injustice Year One. Come yeah, on, what is that? that I will say the, the Starfire-Nightwing lineup is a little messed up, but I had to do Nightwing immediately to give him justice for dying <laughs> in the first movie because he doesn't come back as dead man until the second uh-huh. movie. And so, you know, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to, to be dissatisfied with less Nightwing. So I pulled up Black Widow, and then I was like, I can't just throw a Starfire movie without tying it in. So Starfire should show up in Nightwing at some point. They should fall in love, right. and then Nightwing can die. Mm-hmm. But what- And then Starfire can get tied into the Injustice movies later yes, on. But what I'm doing but- with my little trilogy there is the – Little films that are in between, there's little breaks uh-huh. in between that like hardcore trilogy of the yeah. Justice League. There, they're either prequels in the same universe, or they're tying in which in is what I did. Way. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's which is what I did. Like they're gonna they still tie in. I mean, the Sandman miniseries is about children's who whose dreams are haunted by the Nightmare King, who is using the the plague of war that's happening on the planet to fuel their nightmares. Yeah. So it's built into this idea of like the world is being crippled by this event because of these superheroes. Sure, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I have Green Lantern Corps season four, which is happening concurrently. So we're seeing all the things that are going on while on Earth, everything is kind of crap. We're seeing Zatanna and Static Shock, which again are just coming like right before this instance. Hawk Girl is taking place concurrently, and then that influences what happens in the third and final film of that Justice uh, mm-hmm. League trilogy. And then you yeah, have prequel like Nightwing and Batgirl. Where again, we're just getting more yeah. of that story, you know, following up with what Matt Reeves set in place with the Battenson trilogy. So we're getting mm-hmm. good things that are like little standalone projects, little prequel projects, and concurrent projects that are influencing what will happen in that trilogy. So it all works and makes sense for sure. It it just Man. feels like it's divided up in the same way that the DCU had been, which is just several different universes happening at the same time. But they're not separate universes. In that to- part, I mean, it's very clear. In the same way, like in between Infinity War, they feel like separate in universes. In between Infinity War and Endgame, they had Ant Man, yeah. which took place prequel. before, yeah, but then it carried right into that. And then they had Captain Marvel, which was a yeah. prequel as well, but then like set up that prequel. thing. So like those things can happen when you have a big event that's going on i have nothing wrong with the the prequels you're doing i'm talking about I'm like, not different like, universes either though the only different universe is taking place within the one film of injustice league so that part would be very clear to the audience and then here's also the thing the injustice league stuff is great 
and it's a an amazing novelty. But you can't have six yeah. films of Superman being yes, evil I and everyone dying. You can have one film, can, and it's cool I, and it's great. Of DC, I can do whatever I Absolutely dream of, not. and this is what I dream of. Absolutely, because it would be amazing. People would hate it. I'm talking about. about what you're talking about is seeing like a, a moderate amount of superheroes fighting it out, and at the very end, Batman sacrifices himself, and it's an okay story. And it's the same thing that they fucking did in the Fantastic MCU. Fantastic story. It's the exact same thing as the MCU. What I'm talking about is introducing every single DC character that I could possibly imagine, other than the most minor ones, and then having them all collide in a six series event. Yeah, that's great. Where I they do all the same just thing in three events, and I combined the Tower of Babylon storyline, I combined Injustice storyline, and the Dark Side War storyline. Completely Here's the major thing: Justice League Here's Dark. Justice League Where's is not even Dark in Dark Side. Where are all your Justice characters? League Dark Where's is being set up. Like, in it, I couldn't talk about it because only had 25 minutes. <laughs> Which is your fault. <laughs> You're the one that set the 25 minutes. He wanted 20 originally, and I said, We need 25. <laughs> I should have said, We need 30 of them because he went over. But you don't even have Dark Side, or I guess you do, but you didn't mention it. Again, Darkseid I'm putting in three yes. classic Justice League. Dark Side shows up, Superman beats Dark Side, and then Superman three, takes control of his forces. Classic storylines coming together, merging in one. And it's a nice trilogy. It's like the Lord of the Rings of you get three films back to back. You can't have, have six films back to back, two in one year, and all of it is the most, again, the biggest criticism of DC is it's too dark. It's I have too Superman's gritty. entire arc killing all your heroes. I have Superman's entire arc with his relationship with Lois converging with Batman's arc with the Joker that combines into the Injustice storyline of the Joker finally killing Sp- Superman's fucking spirit and Superman goes crazy because of it. He has a bad uh-huh. day. But for six films, I have Lex Luthor descending into evil and then returning and coming back a hero. I have a similar thing too where we have Lex Luthor is able to create the Legion of Doom and the Injustice League storyline so we get to see him being a So we have a very similar storyline and what we're talking about here is the order and the effect that it has. Well, but yeah, and then I also have much other um, arcs that are being completed with mine with, again, the whole Batman thing of him having the guilt of the contingency plans getting leaked and that hurt Wonder Woman and they had a relationship and so the whole thing is him trying to make right what he did wrong and it's him finally being able to which is the issue he's always had with the bat family and the justice league of him always being mistrustful always thinking the worst is going to happen and his feelings about that is ultimately what caused the worst thing to happen so he has to set that right he's taken to another universe where he gets to see all the consequences Mm -hmm. of his actions and he's got to set things right there and then he comes back to his own universe and sets things right again and he makes the greatest sacrifice you can he goes out as an amazing hero, saving the people he loves in the fight against the biggest threat you can possibly have, Darkseid and his whole armada coming for the anti-life equation. Well, I'm taking Batflex's entire arc of vengeance versus justice from Batman versus Superman. I'm extending it through the entire 10-year plot, including his Batman. Because you take away the death of Robin before then. So why is he such a, a... an angry, bitter, broken man and BVS if you don't have some of that storyline already. This is a man that's post- It's the same thing as the the Dark Knight Returns. He just, he retires for a while and then sees how terrible Gotham's become and it fuels his anger and he becomes vengeful. It's not the same as uh, Christian Bale's Batman and Dark Knight No, not the- I mean the Rises versus- No, Dark Knight Returns, not Dark Knight Rises. Um, no. The comic line. Don't get it at all. You can write kind of like that. I could do Mm -hmm. it. Not at all. And then you also have... Plus, now you're continuing the storyline with with Dick Grayson and his desire for vengeance against 
Two Face and his in his desire to live up to Batman's Justice Code that J- Batman has instilled, so he joins Batman and spares Two Face. You have that continuing with uh, Damian Wayne wanting to get revenge on the Joker for the murder of Jason Todd, so instead he su- he sides with Superman after he kills the Joker, and you have that whole storyline between Batman and Damian fighting it out over that philosophical debate. Over the course of all six fucking injustice Which movies. Which is too much. It's insane. And also... I'm no such out. thing. I can do whatever I, I want. Mean, you can, but then we're going to see the judges whether they're going to greenlight it or not. And I think that is just way too much. You're going to fatigue the audience. against too dark. It's too gritty. And then you're saying that's our universe. We spent 20 years building up to all this. Yeah, just see everyone die like, and be mad at each other and hate each other. No, you got to like, have as a novelty in Justice League, which I have. But then you got to have our universe. No. Be the one that it's is set right. Got to be beautiful. Also, I want to draw attention to a very unique aspect of my slate, which is tying together the Elseworld stuff of the Batman and Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and all that, tying it in with the Batflex storyline we already had, tying it in with what the Batman is doing and what Joker's I don't like doing. the three Jokers. Three Jokers, which you talking about like your adaptations of the comics and whatnot. So who's your Batman? Is it's it Batfleck or is it Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. So then is the one for like his trilogy, and then essentially when he ages up into older batman it's batfleck so the same character they're just playing different eras of them one is the young batman the other is the older batman but i mean it all works we get three jokers i guess that's not three distinct things which is such a cool idea in the comic book and then we i don't like the three jokers then we get to have we see jason todd get taken down then we get to see his return right after that we get to see the whole bat me is uh builds up we have the damien wayne thing you had like when he gets adopted so how old is he mm. was he supposed to be robin at that point because you had jason todd like 12, robin at that 12 point. or 14 jason todd's like 17 and nightwing's like which is just i mean it's cool ideas but damien wayne's character is it would not be that if he's like oh i love these brothers of mine and i love jason todd being robin no he wants to go in there he is you show the Batman's connection son he wants to be the Robin and take over. And he's competitive. The is how they build a bond. What writer? You, build, you create a You instill yeah, a rivalry between them. That that is the point. He grows into seeing all the other Robins as brothers. He starts out yeah, as I've a got two movies to do that in. Knows. He knows the kid is a little brat. But he has an arc. Yeah, he is. He, grows. The point. he ends up killing and anyway. Mine, he well, he said that was a whole accident. Thing. So he grows. It wasn't an accident. He still does he it. He grows from being that little brat in the beginning. He's faltering and you know having that I moral debate. Hold on. Well, the same thing. Chill, bro. I'm getting. He is able to build up, uh, or he's going through that moral debate with uh, when Jason Todd comes back and he ideologically agrees with him. And then when we have the crossover, Batman and Superman: World's Finest, he's working with Jonathan Kent and some of John Kent's his outlook on life and his way of being a hero is starting to rub off on Damien and he's starting to warm up to these other people. So it's like seeing him go from the dark and gritty little kid to actually being more caring and compassionate and all that stuff. We get a nice little art form, but he's got to grow into that. He can't just start out loving Jason Todd as his brother or something. He doesn't. I did not say that. Yeah. You absolutely, you said everything's perfect. They're a great Bat family. It's nice and sweet. Yeah, you have a it's whole him, movie bro. to get to that point. What are you talking about? You got Batman, you got Batwoman and Batgirl. Have, in that film, you said... Doing their own thing with the Court of Owls. And you, have... you said Jason Todd trying to become Robin and Dick, Damian Wayne is introduced. Like, it's a lot of stuff going on in that one yeah. as well. It's the Bat family movie. You got two and a half hours. <laughs> two and a half hours. 
The only villain is the Court of Owls. You can do, you can make it story based. You can get through it. No, not about that. But anyway, to go back to the way we culminate everything in the slate. So having that huge Batman arc for mine, and then also tying mm-hmm. in the Superman arc of having Kara. You kept saying the only way to be Superman is Superman, um, which is true. But you have another Kryptonian, pure blood Kryptonian, like Supergirl, can come in and do the same thing. So introducing her, and then that ties in with Superman's whole deal, which went back to. Justice League reformation of him fighting Brainiac and wanting to bring back his people since he knows that with the shrunken city of Kandor, there's a chance. And then now knowing that Kara is out there, he has this new direction in life. The way you ended your thing, again, so are we continuing with our universe where Lois is dead and Superman is, had killed everyone and Nightwing's dead, but he's back as a dead man. So like, what is your future of the DCEU? What's, what's oh, next? I don't have a future. I ended it at 10 years. It's done. So that was... It ends with Detective Comics number one is the last movie. It's done. No more superhero movies. You know I don't like them. You know I'm doing this as a novelty for you. I'm cutting it off at 10 years. We're not keeping it going. So to my studio executives who love making money, I'm sure, my slate not only gives you an amazing 10 years that won't burn out the audience and make them hate you for watching them do the Injustice storyline over six freaking movies, you get to have all that. It would be amazing. Plus, I'm setting up future films to have even more comic stories out of DC coming. So I have Zatanna and Swamp Thing films, and that's clearly setting up a Justice League Dark to come after that. We have... I did Justice I League Dark you, better than you well, could. Not better than I could, but you did do it in Oh, way years. better than you could. I'm setting it up. about four seasons of excellent television Laying here. the groundwork, putting them on the big screen where they belong because those characters don't I deserve put in Detective Jim. <laughs> okay, that's great. I mean, I can throw in... Stories with too. Jim Gordon. I'm, I'm building up. Brilliant writing. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. They're giving me the thumbs up here. See, this is good writing. That's great. It can be in mine too. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm gonna have that continuing. So not only do they get everything I already had, but they get more of that afterwards. You had the four seasons, but, but why now would they get you no want more. to hold on to it? Uh, mine uh, continuously dying. Look at the MCU after ten years dying. That's the thing, though. They set up the Infinity War, but they didn't have the plan afterwards. I'm already setting up Swamp Thing and Satana at the end of this slate so we can build up for what's coming So your next. whole idea is for another 10 years is just to do Justice League Dark? No, obviously not. I mean, there's other things that are being set up. As I said there with Wonder Woman, she goes off to explore New Genesis and that can lead into an arc of she lost Steve Travis, she lost Bruce Wayne now. And yeah, she's going through a rough time, but she's going to on New Genesis or on Apocalypse rather, which is now destroyed. She'll find a child that is in need of help. It'll be like one of the new God children, but since all the New gods are essentially gone. She has to protect her, that new child. And so we get to see her uh, be able to give love again and like care and nurture someone. And we get to see her character continue. Later down the line, we're going to have a Supergirl thing with Superman going and finding Kara. We're going to have more Young Titans. The way I, again, I couldn't say it because of the time constraints, but each Young Titans film is going to focus on a particular member of the Titans. So the first one was more of Cyborg. Second one was more of Robin. Third one was Starfire. This fourth one, we can focus on Beast Boy and adapt the Judas contract. We all know that is uh, Tara, Tara Markov coming in, joining the team, but she turns out to be working for Slade. And then Young Titans 5, which would focus on Raven with Trigon coming through. So we have that set up. That series is continuing. Wonder Woman will have another film to continue her arc and allow her to take on like a mother role. And that can be how she's able to find that like really caring, loving relationship that um, has been torn from her so many times. We're going to continue with a Nightwing thing. Like you brought up the whole 
uh, like Barbara Gordon getting shot and whatnot. I'm going to be setting that up in the third Nightwing and Batgirl film. I'm going to have a Gotham Knights film dealing with the death of Bruce Wayne. And so how are all these heroes that are being brought together? Jason, Dick, Barbara, Damien, Tim going to deal with protecting Gotham afterwards. I mean, I have all these things that can continue all these threads that have been built up. They can continue and continue making the studio executives some money with this stuff. But why need to cut it off at the 10? You're just dropping so many things. You built up 49 projects, all this, and then you're leaving it it off. Great. Our universe died. Everyone's dead. Everyone killed each other for the last six movies. And that's it. You get no more. Come on. I, have a nice optimistic ending for it. The heroes are heroes, and then you can continue with more. We can explore more. Of the How character. is it not it's a good great. ending to Injustice Gods Among Us? You have shock. some heroes die as casualties of this. You do have static shock. I'll give you that. <laughs> you have characters who die as casualties of this war, but at the end of it, Batman in the Nightmare Universe trusts Superman again because Superman is able to defeat the evil Superman who goes off into the sun. So now he has he has a sense of hope again and he can rebuild the entire Nightmare Universe with this, the remaining exactly. superheroes. We're doing, in mine, I get that. Of, that. Yes, the, the, end, the end is Batman is rebuilding the universe. Things are going to go well for the Nightmare Universe now. Batman wins. Was put on the right Batman track. and Damian Wayne are reunited. The Bat family, as broken as it is, comes together and they rebuild the universe. With what superheroes they have I left. I get that. With Green the Arrow alt universe and, and in our universe, we get the, we get the happier ending you with things being right. And then we continue. For these characters. You're going to make these actors work to the bone for 30 years. Bro, I let Ben Affleck off. He, he gets to leave after 2034. But he's with J-Lo now, so he's happy. He's just get a happy life. So he'll want to do Batman again. It'll be great. So that's what I'm offering. Okay, we should stop with let's, our debate. Let's turn it over to questions. And, yeah, turn it over to let's questions. Let's hear from you guys for... Uh, yeah, the next like 15-ish minutes. So talk to us about your questions, your thoughts, what you liked, didn't like. Pop off. Alex. So I have a very quick question. Uh, what would you say you average your like movie run times? Uh, no clue. We'll say, <laughs> I mean, some will require more than others, of course. I mean, yeah. so the big Justice League films will get more. Others can be a crisp under two hours here and there. Yeah, so. I would say, yeah, average like two hours, 15. But on the high end, closer to three hours on the low end, maybe like an hour and 40. Okay. Alessandra, Sebastian, y'all took a lot of notes. Yeah, what you got to say? Alessandra's got something. I just have one thing to say, and then I hate to compare it to Marvel, but I have to just because it's inevitable. But, uh, <laughs> You know, Marvel in 10 years, they did 22 films and they went from Iron Man all the way to Endgame. You guys have way too many films. You guys have as a counterpoint, as a counterpoint, 53, as a counterpoint. Okay. They were building up the superhero stuff like that just wasn't a thing yet. Obviously, now at this point, like people are aware they're plugged in. Crazy IP shows are coming out. Although, I mean, James Gunn released ten projects for the first mm-hmm. part of the first chapter of his slate. So, I mean, yeah. it is a lot. But again, this is factoring in mind. It's, it's easier biggest, to be ambitious at it's this the time. biggest superhero genre. There. It's it's easy to be ambitious, but I don't know if if me as a producer would want to budget. Th- this would be probably in the trillions of dollars. To fund all these and things. Eight trillions. Now I'll tell you what, tell you what. My first year is only is only three. Is it two movies and a TV show? Let's do that first year. We can get that out of the way. We'll see what kind of money we make <laughs> off of it. 
clearly a lot. I mean, we've got a Superman movie, a Batman movie, and a Green Lantern TV show. We'll see how successful we are, and then we can start greenlighting other projects. True. That's I mean, exciting. You, you, you got to keep in mind. You got to keep in mind. Black Adam just flopped. Also, is Black, hey, is Black Adam canonical? In this not, not in mine. No Black Adam in mine. <laughs> but he... Because he flopped. Right. We don't, birds we don't of prey, though, flops. which flopped harder. So, yeah, but I can salvage it because there's no. Black <laughs> I can mask salvage it one. too by doing a team up with Shazam and Black Adam. So it's not just the Black Adam thing. My one regret is not doing a Shazam three. I guess you did. I think it's my Shazam. one regret in my lineup. Shazam appears in the Justice League movies and he appears in, in the Justice series, but I did not do a Shazam three. I left it alone. Right. But I also did not continue Black Adam. Fuck Black true. Adam. But I mean, yeah, to your point, Alessandro, I mean, we're factoring in a world where, let's say, Marvel's on the decline, so there's a little bit of a vacuum, and we're still in the height of, like, superheroes uh, movies. Like, it is still the biggest genre. So, I we yeah, can... I, I, obviously, you're not going to be funding all these films from the jump, so it would be, like, a slow rollout. If the beginning I, works... I demand a bankroll from the beginning. <laughs> I, I uh, you, you must fund all my projects at once. <laughs> all six all six movies funded right all off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yes. So, yeah, obviously, I mean, as what they're doing with James Gunn's slate, I mean, obviously, he didn't release all of his plans, but he certainly has, like, 10 years figured out. But they're just going to see how it goes in the beginning. And then, best case scenario, this would be what we would have. So let's just assume this is the best case. We can obviously make alterations if we need to, if things change. Sebastian. I have one question for Ryan. Yes, sir. Why would you spend money on a Red Hood and the Outlaws show? Yes. Are you, that's it? That's the question? That's, yeah, yeah, that's the question. Answer <laughs> my question. I want to know why, why throw that shit in the middle of this. Do you have a vendetta against Jason Todd or something? I mean, it seems like you do. Listen, we've talked. It's been done. Yeah, we've. What do you I've mean talked, it's been done? We. I do. A, I introduce him, and then we're gonna see what comes after, which is him. I. I mean, you still have the thing on your screen, so I can't <laughs> no see it. No one cares. I Let's can't go. See it, so that... No one cares. That's what it says. Well, you just I hate Jason Todd, but I can guarantee you, a lot of people do care because he's a very popular character ever since he got brought back as Red Hood. You know, did to Jason Todd Sebastian, I killed him and he didn't come back. Which is such a opportunity because have you seen the world? Sebastian, have you seen Under the Red Hood? He's not coming back. Did you see Under the Red Hood? I have seen Under the Red Hood. I'm very familiar with the Red Hood. I mean, it's a good story. But as you can see, he's in a series. He's not like getting his own movie or whatever. So that can, you know, or he could just die, and that's it. You can't just. I can kill as many the as I want. are going to be expecting the big red hood return. I am a god in this universe, Ryan. I decide who lives and who dies. Oh, I'm I not just saying that, but I'm telling you what the audience is going to think. And they're not going to enjoy it. Fuck the audience. I will say something, Ryan. You won me yes, over sir. with one particular thing. And this What's is that? the last note I'll throw in. Nobody okay. cares about Jason Todd, but you know who people do care about? Fucking Rip Hunter. <laughs> in your awesome. booster gold movie which oh, um, i don't know why you threw rip hunter in there but i i have to say i am i am a niche character enjoyer phil colson is probably my favorite mcu character <laughs> and i enjoyed rip, <laughs> i enjoyed rip hunter in there. that's how i said rip hunter below wow. <laughs> wow. alex what do you got but he loves jason um, todd 
to kind of build off of Sebastian's uh, hatred for um, Jason Todd here. Um, not that I hate Jason Todd, um, but would you like either of your slates survive if you had to cancel a project? For sure. They totally could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can fit it in elsewhere. There are some that for sure need to stay, like the Justice League mm. movies and then the Batman movies and Superman movies, I would say, are the central ones. But any other ones, you could cancel and work around it. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we had, if, if, if it became too ambitious and the producers were, say, fearful <laughs> of investing in four movies at once, <laughs> you could cancel one of the three of them and then just introduce a character at a different point. I mean, there's always ways to work around it from a writing perspective. True. Uh, Alessandro... Uh, I will say one thing, Ryan, is that you you had me at first because you th- I thought that Robert Pattinson was the Batman in your universe, but then you said that this is his movies are like a prequel building up to Batfleck, and then that just makes me like so confused because you have four Batman movies. Let me explain it for you. So, what do you need help with? You well, you have four Batman. Well, first of all, I'm not opposed to the Red Hood and the Outlaws. I actually, I actually like Red Hood. I'm saying I like. <laughs> you just take I actually like you're always condescending so that's how you took it but no what do you so it's the four movies yeah yeah you have you you're have a red hood enjoyer that's good is Sebastian coming over oh no. no I think he was having a coughing fit okay um he's coming over to cough <laughs> on you yeah you didn't like my Jason Todd take but um yeah you have four Batman movies and so they all take place they're all prequels no so the Matt Reeves ones are prequels, but the Batflick ones, which is Heir to the Cowl and Red Hood Rising, those are current day. So with the Battinson ones, those are, again, taking place in that same timeline established by the original of the Batman. But it's just because that's like earlier Batman, like year two Batman. And obviously the DCU Batman with Batflick was one who had been around for a long time. I'm just fitting in the Robert Pattinson one as this is what uh, Ben Affleck's Batman was doing in his earlier days. That's how I'm doing it. So the two Pattinson ones, Winter of the Batman, Flight of the Batman, Robin, those are like prequels to what's going on in the current day with Batfleck. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I just think it would be probably confusing for audiences. Nah, you can explain it in (laughs) the Arsenal. There you go. So if you have, whose is that? Who does that belong to? And you hate the Red Hood? I just don't get it. That's funny. So I would say you would make it clear in the Flashpoint, you would have, you'd bring in Robert Pattinson in some way and show that like, oh, this is the younger version of Batfleck. And then, I mean, you know, the way they're going to do it in real life is having two different Batmans. But this one is two Batmans that are actually the same Batman. It's just him at different points in time. And we'll try and explain that very clearly with like how we reference back to things that happened in the past. And it would be Batfleck referring to things that happened in the Robert Pattinson films. So that way we'll make it as clear as we can for the audience that, look, these two Batmans, they're actually the same Batman. It's just one is younger, one is older. Alex. Two Batmans and three Jokers. Yes, sir. My goodness. All in the same universe. You're a madman, Ryan. Nah, it's a great way to tie it all together, make it make sense. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. I'll give you that. It's, it's it has it has foundation, but not not, not no. The best. It's certainly the best. Alex, you have something to say? Yeah. So I'm 
So I think, Ryan, from your slate, my biggest question comes from your three Jokers movie. Yes. I think that's where I kind of get a little confused um, with like, so you have um, Joaquin Phoenix, you have Jared Leto, who is the third one again? Barry Keoghan, who is the one from the Uh, Batman. Yeah. So I think, so I'm just trying to remember. So you have the two Batman, which are the same Batman. Yes. Just played by at different points. Yes. And how do you kind of tie in like the three Jokers? Like, do they all like simultaneously exist? They do. And yeah, the Barry Keoghan and Jared Leto one are copycats of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, who's like the original Joker. So mm-hmm. here's the timeline of the whole Batman. It's Joker, because then we see little Bruce Wayne as a kid in that. Yeah. Then it's, I would assume, Joker 2. Then it's going to yeah, be probably. the Batman. The so you have two Harley Goth, Quinns. Yes, again, it'll be a copycat situation, but don't worry too much about that. The a copycat therapist, the Batman, Winter of the Batman, Flights of the Batman and Robin. <laughs> Dylan, stop! I'm trying to lay out the time on my guys. The Winter of the Batman, Flight of the Batman and Robin, Nightwing, Nightwing and Batgirl, because that's like when Robin, Dick Grayson, Robin takes off on his own. Then it would be three Jokers. So it's a older Joker. It's the Batman, like Robert Pattinson, has gone into the Batflick stage. He's got his second Robin, Jason Todd. And then when Joaquin Phoenix Joker, maybe he's like broken out by the copycats or something. But yeah, he breaks out of Arkham Asylum. Now he's in the city. The three Jokers are running around, causing chaos. And then they kill Jason Todd, which then would lead, like that's where he snaps. And then say it's five or something years and then we start with bvs and it goes justice league and then so on and so forth so it's we start with joker we go through those films then we have robin panson batman then we have three jokers where the second robin is killed then we start with where batflick was in bvs which is that his sidekick has died he's all upset he's brooding he's much more brutal and he's a killer and then we go through to present day where I have my films of Heir to the Cowl and Red Hood Rising, which is, yeah, the older Batflick. Please clarify the Harley Quinn situation. Why are you so concerned about it? It's going to be the same thing. There's some. How are you going to have a copycat psychiatrist? They're both psychiatrists. Are you saying that Lady Gaga was a psychiatrist? I don't think we ever Quinzel for the Margot Robbie one. Did we ever see in Birds yes. of Prey of her doing the psychiatrist yes. thing? Yes. So we'll just have it yes, be you do. the same thing. It's uh, the whole thing. The Joker thing is like it's this weird contagion thing. That's like part of what they do with the, um, like the madness of it. So it can take on that quality okay. where Jared Leto's Joker, who saying. is doing the copycat thing, basically does the same thing to his psychiatrist that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker who did both, to his psychiatrist. The names who both happen to be named Doctor Harleen Quinzel. Just say that she changed her name to be Harleen Quinzel after learning about the original one. It's fine. You're like so you're she copied too much about it killer. as well, if she was a it matters, person. and you're trying to just divert and say it's not going to make sense, bro. It's going to make sense. Your retcon is that nothing it didn't make with sense. Joker and nothing with Batman and nothing with Robin. It wouldn't make sense if I didn't retcon it, so I'm retcon. Well, yes, it wouldn't make sense because you didn't build off of it. So you just said, "Oh, I'm doing a, basically a new Batman thing." Um, but you're just going to keep Batman in the it's role. It's still Batflick. in the role. They actually do a Harley Quinn. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Alessandro, for pointing out that there's a precedent. So it'll work. It'll be fine. We'll see. 
Sebastian, is you have something new to say, or was this an old? Hand? No, this I is something remember. new to say because okay. I want to build up uh, what Alex was saying because your Batman timeline is literally my worst nightmare. Um, <laughs> it, it, like combining, oh. combining uh, Rob Pattinson and Batfleck as one Batman sure. sends shivers down my spine that I do not Why? enjoy. Here's the, here's the thing that it can be. For a general audience, they may go to see these films and they just think, oh, they're two Batmans coexisting. Like there's just two different Batmans thing. That's like a general audience. If they're unplugged from it, they could see that and they could enjoy them separately and it'll be fine. But if the general audience is a little bit more plugged in, they can see the connections where it's like, okay, Robert Pattinson's is just the earlier version of Batfleck. So it, if it doesn't make sense to people, it's fine. They can still go in and enjoy these movies in and of themselves. But if they're paying a little bit more attention, then they can see the connections that are being drawn across them. I'm and gonna I'm gonna deflate deflate that immediately because let's say let's well, say so Sebastian, what's the alternative? The Robert the, the real world. We're gonna have Even Robert Pattinson, Batman, yeah. and then we're gonna it's have Brave so and the Bold. These are gonna be two separate Batman that are doing their own things. If it's that's so easy to confusing. keep them separate. Like, like this is a marketing. So thing. you can pretend that maybe they're separate, but then I'm actually combining them so they're coherent and they work together. We're going, we're going overtime. We're going overtime. We're going overtime. All right, I think it's time for the judges to do their debate and come up with their decision because I think we're we're hitting overtime <laughs> here. And Alessandro has to go. Soon. It's very, it's so, a very clear timeline. They can be split if they need to for the general audience. Okay, All right, let me just coherent. say. Okay. Okay. Batman movies has a very clear 2000s aesthetics that you cannot say it, it was in the past, but whatever. I agree with Sebastian. Now, let's let's fine. go ahead. We can say it was let, 90s. Okay, let's. That works. Okay, let's go ahead. Ryan, we're going to take off our headphones. You guys have five okay, to ten minutes to. So let me. You haven't sent them to them yet? Well, I mean, no. It's going to be in the chat. Okay. Uh, well, so I'm going to okay. send the document for you to implement your votes so what you're going to do is we're going to take off our headsets uh just deliberate talk about it like i want to hear you guys talking about your own um thoughts and who you're leaning towards and what's like the deciding factors and then go on that page and cast your votes it doesn't matter who's what judge it's better to be anonymous and just make sure to use the highlight tool to black out your answer so when we come back we can have it be a very suspenseful reveal but yeah, and then just text uh, one of us or me to let me know once you've finished your deliberation and have cast your ballots. But all right. Enjoy your deliberation, fellas. All right, right away. Right away. I'm wait, 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 wait. Dylan, can you hear us? Can you guys hear us? Can we be heard? Dylan, if you okay. can talk. No, okay. <laughs> So, um, right away, I'm going to say something. Yeah. Um, Ryan's might have been the most thoroughly planned out, but I don't care because <laughs> Dylan, Dylan was throwing projects out left and right that I'm like, okay, as a, as a producer, we have two flagship shows, which is The Lanterns and The Justice League Dark, which I think would be fantastic uh, ways to to carry the DCU in like flagship ways. Mm-hmm. Although he did have stuff that I did not care about. Like I don't I do not care about the gods of Olympus. I think that's yeah. you can scrap those and and like yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. 
there was the Captain Adam movie, which sounds compelling, but could also be scrapped. Uh, yeah. But it is it is a compelling project. It's different. And then, yeah. I don't know what this obsession is with Nightwing. I also wrote down nobody cares for that. Although, like, no, I mean, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Nightwing, Nightwing is a big character. No, Nightwing I know he, is big. I know he is, but the placement for both of these characters in their current slate makes me not care about Nightwing. What I do have to say, Nightwing is good. Makes good synergy because now we're pushing Nightwing in the comics as being like the main, kind of like the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the 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 thing froze for a second. I'm like, oh, um, yeah, we're pushing Nightwing to be kind of like the face of DC now. So it would be good synergy to have Nightwing. Um, but he also said it as Starfire show, which. Yeah, yeah, you can scrap that. Scrap, you can scrap, scrap that. that. Now, I will say, yeah. and now this is my final point, because uh, I'm leaning towards Dylan at this point. Uh-huh. I think he said that he's ending it with Detective Comics number one. And that, that he's just like throwing it all away. I thought that was the most brilliant way to leave the door open for the next 10 years. I can fire Dylan and bring on someone else to plan the next <laughs> 10 years around that. But I think that's yeah. a, an interesting start to the next 10 years. I think, yeah, from a producer standpoint, Dylan's point of like just ending it is like not great. Because as a producer, we're probably wanting to keep going regardless yeah. of p- potential uh audience fatigue because uh, i personally agree with dylan i think we just gotta slow down on these superhero movies that marvels just keep going i'm tired out i just want it to end <laughs> and I, I just wish there was like a point where we could just stop and like i could like watch it all the way through and be like okay cool there's an actual end so i understand dylan's point but from a producer standpoint, we're trying to make money. We're trying to keep this thing going. We're trying to scrub as much money off these as, as much as we can. So Ryan does have a good point of like continuing it afterwards. Um, personally, I'm mostly leaning to Ryan's side, though. I'm I think I could be swayed. I was I like the idea of keeping the two Batman separately until he s- said that they were like together. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that one. I I I I agree with you. I lean towards Ryan just because I I think it's just like more consolidated. Uh, yeah. Dylan has like way too many throwaway projects, like uh, the Gods of Olympus. Mm-hmm. You know, he has the Starfire show, which is also like a prequel, but then she's already dead, or like Nightwing's already dead. It's like a whole thing. Also, yeah. if we're saying Nightwing's the future, you know, killing off Nightwing is not the best yeah. way to go about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, there's a Lobo show, which, yeah, lo- I mean, a Lobo movie. Lobo is cool, but, like, you know, what does it really add here? Yeah, both, um, of, both, yeah, both of them have Lobo. Have the Lobo, which I thought was also, I wrote down for both of them, like, why are we doing this if we're not going to, like, bring it back? Or no, no, he he could just be a, a villain in, like, a Superman movie, and you can introduce him that way. He yeah. doesn't have to be his own movie. Um, Captain Adam as well. I actually like Captain Adam. I think that's yeah. a cool pick because he's a, yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a He's a lesser known character and you can make him big. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't do anything. Also, after Wonder Woman 3, which was his seventh movie, <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman like disappears from yeah. the universe. Like yeah. she, basically, she doesn't show up again until I guess in Justice League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, I, I feel like it, 
it would be smart to push that trinity angle more yeah i noticed there's a very big lack of um wonder woman from dylan's uh time slate here whereas ryan kind of like keeps her relevant very frequently um so um i do like the idea of bringing back birds of prey but as the box office has shown in the past it didn't do very well though dylan does bring up another good counterpoint about ryan continuing uh black adam and shazam uh black adam being a box office flop and i don't know how well shazam will do following Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a heavy lean on shazam uh because then you have the shazam fam hbo show yeah which and then you have right after that the suicide squad versus the black adam society um which i'm Wait, not was this big... dylan's no the brian no, this is ryan's oh ryan 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 um the thing with ryan's which again i think if we're if i'm voting for consistency and streamlined and and like thoroughness uh ryan did his homework um mm-hmm. but my thing with ryan's is that I'm looking at this slate, and I do not care for a lot of it. I feel like we've, and I know we said like um, keep that Trinity focus, um, and I do like the Trinity, but I also feel like we need something new. And he starts introducing Justice League Dark and interesting characters that I would prefer to watch uh, for his next ten years. So I'm gonna have to wait until like 2036 to actually start getting interesting characters and and these interesting plot lines that mm-hmm. um marvel you just got to where we should um where dylan is getting to interesting characters different kind of characters um like like right right in these first 10 years because i don't want to wait 10 years to watch like just to see dark because i think that's that again that's a great focus to kind of have with a movie with a movie kind of like main justice um also he Dylan's pitch of of having the specter and dead man in there i think that's very interesting very compelling i want to watch that um that being said ryan also did have uh i think a more concise concise plan for the end although mm-hmm. i i love Dylan's bold six movie take on injustice and, and adapting <laughs> that but that felt very sudden and not very, not very, not very like built up. I agree. Um, and also, I, the the money involved would be ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. no. The, <laughs> getting, getting, he's planning like, on having every character that's shown up in each of these movies. Yeah. that's yeah, a lot that of would be millions insane. of dollars putting just into the actors alone. Not even. Yeah, and then there's gonna be scheduling, and there's gonna be a bunch of issues with that. So it is I a think it's, production nightmare. Although I have a theory that that Dylan Dylan might have thrown that in there just to self sabotage himself, I think he 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 threw that in very very angrily because it's a very um, very bold thing. Yeah, uh, and then also he builds something back up at the end because he has he has the Crimson Avenger, the Question Limited series, and Detective Comics number one, mm-hmm. which I feel were it's kind of strange to add more movies to something that you're kind of wrapping up with injustice. Mm-hmm. 
I actually like, like, I agree with Sebastian. I, I actually love the idea of ending it with the, uh, Detective Comics or Action Comics number one. That one I, I agree with. I just don't know about the other two. I feel like that's just kind of like weird placement. Like if you had placed them a little earlier in the slate. I, I think you could take out Crimson Avenger for sure. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think and, the- and question is also questionable. <laughs> but uh, but uh, also Ryan does the same thing with question where he like, he throws the question in right after Justice League Part One. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like it's kind of random placement. It's like, does anyone really want to see like a question miniseries right after we just saw Justice League? I, I don't know. Yeah. That's I mean, that's the, he has like between Part One and Part Two, he has like this three movie run that I'm like, why? Or actually, it's two movies and a series. A series, which is yeah. yeah, the questions the series. You have Satana movie, which I guess. Yes, see, Zatanna be. makes kind of sense. Yeah, Zatanna kind of makes sense because it's the magic. But Static and Shock static makes shock no can, sense, really. especially since Static Shock could be earlier and brought into the Young Titans. Um, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to, yeah. which yeah. is another point. The Young Titans is a cool, cool thing to focus on. I don't think it should. Well, we've already tried doing a live action Titans show before. Um, but I don't yeah, know. but that was like an edgy, like gritty take yeah. on it. Like yeah. this would be like a more. I think like, audiences really love the Teen Titans. I just think the Titans, the way that the original Titans, well, this live action Titans was handled was poorly. Mm-hmm. I think if Ryan plays his cards right, it could be a successful show. Uh, yeah. And I think people are tired of like the whole gritty dark yeah. shit because like, mm-hmm. that's what the Snyderverse was, and and people just got sick of it. So, which is also kind of like no. my my main issue with uh, the six Injustice movies. Yeah, um, like back to yeah. back gritty, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Which again, that's, that's, I yeah, I'm leaning. It's a. I keep going back to Dylan's more than Ryan's because I am genuinely compelled by by some of the things in here. Well, he, that yeah. ending that ending completely like dissuades me. Um, except except like yeah, the six yeah. the six injustice movies dissuades me, but the detective yeah. comics number one is a big up. I think that's such a good idea. Um, Ryan's, in the other hand, had again it's just a concise a concise lay. I think the thing is that Dylan's has more like. What what Ryan's is missing is it, it needs more like spice. Like it, it needs does, it needs yeah. more like flavor in there. Like like you need like you know. Well, he, he you need they, something that we, we can't predict. Yeah, I mean, he gave us he gave us right. uh, the Martian Manhunter movie, which he pitched. That's like, cool. Like, that's the that's cool. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I I need more, yeah that, that sounds sick. I was like, this is a cool. This is something cool. Like I'm a, I can attach myself to that. And the Doctor Fate movie, where it's like a back and forth between World War Two yeah. and, and modern day, and the yeah. helmets trying to find. A new one in the modern slay and keeping up that, yeah, that, that kind of cool. thing. I'm like, that yeah. is that is what I want from this from this universe. Um, again, because we're I mean, he has four fucking Aquaman movies, and I'm like, I <laughs> I don't think I need that much Aquaman uh, in 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 my life. But you give yeah. me Doctor Faye, you give me Martian Manhunter, you give me the Swamp Thing, you give me fucking uh uh Detective Chimp. Give me like 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 this this slate of interesting characters that that I can't really compare with Marvel or where Marvel's at right now, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, those comparisons will be drawn and you're you're fighting for attention. So you want to be interesting, you want to be new, you want to be compelling, 
And that's the thing that I think Ryan kind of is missing is like being being different and taking the best parts of of DC, like the fresh parts of DC, and bringing that uh, to the public. I think he's mm-hmm. he played it too safe with his leg. Um, how do we feel about Ryan's uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold's travel time travel buddy cop movie? That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's that a sounds great awesome. idea. Like that's perfect because I mean, it's I mean it's comic relevant because they're friends in the comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 that just sounds like a fun time, like seeing mm-hmm. them banter and travel through time and go on this adventure sounds awesome. So yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm, I think. I, it's, I think oh no, go. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep the three jokers kind of like killing joke story uh, storyline, I think it does kind of help break up some of this. Um, because I, while um, he's definitely like not gonna be as like brutal as Dylan's slate is. I think uh, Ryan's timeline does have some instances such as that killing joke type one. Mm-hmm. Um, and like pretty much after three jokers, it's looking like it's going to just kind of get a little darker conti- continuously. So I think it's a nice placement to help break up some of that um, grittiness, like right in the middle mm. of his timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, can I just tell you what, like the ones in Dylan's that I think are, are filler? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, so the Arkham show I just think is like straight up filler. I like, think I don't, so I don't too. Think we need... I think so too. I enjoy except... it. But yeah. Maybe as a mini series. Mm-hmm. But three seasons is way too much. Because yeah. he 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 had me at a pitch which is Clayface trying to break out. Yeah. And and like he's he's like having to maneuver himself through the prison. I think that's fascinating. I think that's and you have you have all these rogues that you can you can play around with. That's compelling. But yeah, three seasons three seasons is way too much. Okay, what about what about Blue Beetle three? Too much. Too Where much. he just fights Black Beetle like a clone of himself. Yeah, too that was Blue Beetle. Yeah. Okay. What about a Jonah Hex miniseries? Which I love Jonah Hex. I love Jonah Hex. I think it's what is it actually? I, what does it actually contribute here? I put a big X next to it, and I said, <laughs> I just put question marks, because why? Yeah. Yeah. Also, Birds of Prey 3, I just think is too much. I don't even agree with keeping the previous Birds of Prey lineup, because I think they sucked, except for, like, Harley Quinn and Huntress. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that they made... Um, who was it that Rosie Perez plays? Uh, uh, oh, she was question. Yeah, she was the name on Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't like how they made her, like an older retired question like if you want to do this universe i feel like i don't know i just i didn't like her as question i also didn't like what they did with cassandra kane at all I thought mm-hmm. that was awful mm-hmm. like i i don't know i just don't like that lineup so i i don't care for it yeah i don't i don't uh, think we need a third person for either to bring up a point that ryan started making about dylan's like adaptability from the comics i think he's relying very heavily on the source material without much like anything changing, which isn't like necessarily a bad thing. Um, It's just very comic linear. Mm. There's a lot of um, most of it's just being taken straight from the comics. So avid comic readers are going to notice exactly like are going to know pretty much exactly how it's going to go. Yeah. 
from some of these storylines at least um whereas ryan does have a few like new ideas here and there um though i will say that uh dylan does make a good point about the batman sacrifice at the final thing being like a very direct iron man marvel comparison yeah Mm. yeah it, it kind of is yeah and also he um if he wants to introduce dark side i feel like he does the new god series way too late that's his 30th project like it takes 30 projects to get to setting up dark side yeah which he's uh, already he been should... which he's already been set up technically because ryan is going by the justice league uh snyder cut uh continuity so the yeah. justice league the justice league is already very aware of who dark side is so the audience is very aware of who dark side is so for it to be so late, we're gonna forget about Darkseid and not care about him. Yeah, especially you know because he be becomes like the Hulk? main bad of the final trilogy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what would be a a bold move. I don't know how well it would do. It would, honestly, probably not the smartest idea. But um, put new gods as like the first thing in your uni- in the new like start off with the new gods. To make it apparent, like, this is, like, what we're focusing on this this first 10 years. Yeah, Yeah, like, this is the beginning. Like, Darkseid is a threat, and there's, like, this whole saga happening in space while the heroes on Earth are doing their thing or whatever. Because it would be, be like, if Marvel did, like, uh, like after the first Avengers, you get that post-credit scene with Thanos, and then immediately after that, you're like, okay, here's who Thanos is, and here's why he's he's a threat. It's, like, him and Titan or whatever. But... It's it's greater because Darkseid has a great surrounding, like like cast of characters around him, the new gods, everything with Apocalypse, everything around that is so compelling that you can instantly make us care about uh, why this world and the world of of heroes is gonna have to collide. Um, and I think that I mean it's a bold take, but that's what this is. This is what this DC needs. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so I'm. I agree with you. I. I. That that would be like an interesting thing. Um, Make it like a big like phase one thing, or like maybe the end of phase one. You could do something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Another another thing I love about Dylan's is carrying on that uh, that post credit scene uh, of Lex Luthor assembling his own Legion of Doom and actually yeah. bringing that to to completion. I think the Legion of Doom is very, very interesting kind of group, and as in a movie, that would be great. So, I was excited to see that back. Does I didn't? I don't remember. Did Ryan have a Legion of Doom? I didn't see one. Right? He, no, he did not no, have I don't, one. I don't think so. No. I, I, yeah, I like the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Uh, although I still, I don't like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex. Oh, I like that Ryan recasted no. him. No, uh, yeah. didn't also recast him. I think. No, no, I'm not gonna. So. I'm not gonna vouch for that though. Well, I, I think, think Dylan was just saying he wasn't focused on casting right now. Minus, right. I think the only thing that I remember being was um, uh, Batfleck being like the main Batman. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I also, I'm not a fan of keeping Batfleck. I think you need to just start fresh. You need to get a new Batman. Either, yeah. either stick to Pattinson or. Or get a new one. I just think Batfleck would be too confusing for. I think Matt Reeves Batman 
benefits from being a standalone thing in the else world thing. So I think mm -hmm. them trying to tie it in does kind of not devalue, but does confuse yeah. the audience. Um, so I will sure. give that point to Dylan. Um, but I think it's a very easy severance in Ryan's slate where you could just be like, no, they're not connected. They're just like their own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I do think that connecting the, connecting both both of them is a great disservice to to both versions. I, it's it's confusing, it's messy, uh, and honestly, the the last thing you need is messy, because for a slate yeah. so for a slate so clean, like it that that alone creates so many conflicts within itself. Like Dylan called out like the two Harley Quinn things, because he is keeping the first Suicide Squad which clearly establishes like one set of like Joker and Har Har Harlan Quinzel, mm -hmm. um, which you could reckon as like, oh yeah, it's parallels or whatever. And she's not actually uh, Harley Quinn or whatever. We haven't even seen what uh, Joker 2 is going to be. So like it could yeah. even get, it could get even mess messier. But the Batman is clearly its own separate thing from, uh, from everything yeah. and bringing in, uh, Barry Keoghan is just like ah, uh, it's so much. Like the three three jokers thing, I was genuinely like, I wrote down that Joaquin Phoenix in is set in the seventies, and you see a young uh, Bruce Wayne, and he's already kind of old. Yeah. So by the time you get to the to the three jokers continuity, he would be like a senile old man. Like yeah, he would because not... I think we're like with Pattinson, he's like in his twenties, and he, like it's that present day. So it's supposed yeah. it's a little. I don't think it works that well. No. Combining them. No, at all. I, it's such a messy, it's such a messy thing. I think uh, it's a healthy, you need to have a healthy amount of Elseworld stuff that um, kind of breaks up your mm -hmm. um, universe. So that way there's kind of just like fun things to enjoy and not have to like be like, okay, I have to watch all these movies to understand this one movie. Yeah. Whereas you could just be like, yeah, this is like a singular, like separated trilogy with like Reeves. Yeah. How do right, we? How about, how about this? Yeah. I, I no wait go go ask. No, ask. no, I was gonna be like, how do we feel about about Ryan's casting choices? I actually like his casting choices. I think um, some are fun, but they definitely feel fan cast. They they do yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I don't really like Florence Pugh as Black Canary very much. Mm -hmm. I don't either. But, uh, it just feels like a continuation of like the Black Widow stuff, like building off yeah. of that. Um, yeah, straight up. Austin and then as, uh, as Guy Garner. Who? I no way no. He said Austin Butler as Green Arrow. Oh, as Green Arrow. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Yeah. I thought he was saying Charlie um, Hunnam, or was that Dylan? No, that, that was, was Dylan. Dylan. Okay. Yeah, that was Dylan. I actually like both choices. I think Charlie Hunnam is like more of like the safe pick. Right? Yeah, because that's like. But uh, yeah, I like Austin Butler as Green Arrow. I think he would be good. I never, I never thought of Austin Butler as Green Arrow, but after Ryan said it, I'm like, that is very compelling, and he definitely kind of has the the charisma for for Green Arrow. It would be interesting. Yeah. Well, who who did he say for Nightwing? I don't I don't remember who he said for Nightwing. Uh, I don't remember. Either, I don't think. Um, and he was going also, so. Also, Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell as as Booster Gold is like perfect. It, no, that's perfection. Like, that I like. I need that. I need that. 
uh, to be the actual casting because I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write down who he had as Nightwing. He was going so fast. I could barely. He take was. Him. He was going super fast. I think they both ended up. I think uh, Ryan ended up going like the thirty minutes. So I, I think uh, uh, Dylan ended up being like thirty-five exact. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah. Also, um, I, this back. is kind of like a personal. Oh, sorry. No, I said Will Smith back. <laughs> oh, I wrote that. Look, I wrote down uh, possibly problematic. Possibly problematic. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just wrote, I just wrote Will Smith is back. Somehow, Will Smith has returned. Yeah. Uh, what were you gonna say? Yeah. Oh no, I was just gonna say that just as like a personal annoyance, it, it makes me sad to see Brainiac get treated like just like a one-off villain because like he could be like. He could the Thanos of this universe. Like, I agree. Easily. He could have a, like a at least a two movie arc, if not three. And both slates got rid of him so quickly. Yeah, they just kind of throw him away. And that's where I'll give Ryan a point because making him a Justice League villain and his whole his whole storyline with 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 Candor and and like the Watchtower and everything was yeah. I was that 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 pitch made me happy. I'm like I can I can picture this. Um and uh, and like vividly and it made me happy and because he rather hit me than with, him, yeah rather than him being like a a Superman only villain. I I like Ryan put a lot of thought into his stories. Yeah. He did. Yeah, and, he did. and and the casting and the the themes mm-hmm. and how they would carry on into the next movies. Mm-hmm. Like he did. Uh, I also he, you know, I also he, like his pitch for the fir- the second Flash movie, Rogue Rage, which is perfect title. Great title. <laughs> great, great title. Uh, I wrote down just like I put like yes in all capital with a dot. I'm like this is just like just on that I would green light it. I would be like go crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what, what do you think about Lucas Hodges as Barry Allen? <laughs> I that I no. gave I that's one of those thumbs down moments. I'm like Ryan, Ryan, not not him. Um, but I mean he's not a bad actor. I'm not saying it because I dislike his acting or or dislike him. Um, I just don't think he's fit for for the role. Mm-hmm. Um, so look look, this is what I'm doing. Right, let me know if you guys agree. I'm putting it into into categories. You can see that. Okay. Right. And we can vote. Okay. We can vote one out of five. Okay. That's a right? that's a smart thing. So we we got we got like how concise is the universe? Okay. Right. We got originality. Okay. We got logistics. Like how like how would like how likely can this be done? Like you know. Uh huh. Uh, we have potential. Like potential for. I don't know, just potential. Mm-hmm. And then we have a uh, fun factor. Fun. Right? Like, how fun is this? Like, our audience is going to want to give a shit about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are like the five categories. Do you guys want to add any more? I think those perfectly sur- surmise everything. Maybe. Um, well, what were you, can you recap just to make sure I didn't miss before I like. Repeat? Yeah. So we got we got concise. How concise, concise is it? Uh, originality, mm-hmm. logistics, potential, and fun factor. Right. Would you say um, 
how it ends and how it's like how the 10 years ends and like how it sets up a future 10 years would fall under logistics or would you count that as like a separate? I think that could fall under like potential potential. Yeah. Like potential for growth or change. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I say we, I say we, we, what can we do? We could each give it like a, each category like a score of one to five and then we can add it up and average it out cool i think that is Fair. a perfect kind of order all right we're adding we're, I'm just gonna let my... you're welcome dylan and ryan giving <laughs> you guys an actual actual well, i think they just kind of wanted us to vote and that's it but i like i like yeah. the, i like the score system this is just this is just for now we don't actually have to use this to make a final decision but I mean, I think it's also nice. at least, yeah, yeah. It'll guide us a little bit to like, yeah. you know. Definitely want to watch uh, Rip Hunter in uh, the big screen. Dude, Rip Hunter fucking sucks. <laughs> he sucks. He sucks. I don't know. He's such an average character. I'm, I'm just compelled. so bad. I'm compelled. There's a reason they got rid of him. They're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> that made me so. Um, Fucking, they got rid of Arthur Darling. Fucking, he. They built the whole show like this is the the Rip Hunter show, and then fucking got rid of him. Uh, which it like, sucks because he's Rip is actually cool in the comics. The comics, yeah. And the uh, show they just made him lame as fuck. Yeah, they 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 really did. It's like taking Coulson out of Agents of Shield. It's like how high the show was literally built around him. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Legion, the Legends of Tomorrow is a great premise, and but we're not talking about the CW. I think that should be the next, the next podcast. Pitch the next CW Arrowverse uh, continuity, but HBO Max. I gotta say, I think, I think, I don't know if I paid attention, but I think Ryan also, also kind of like contradicts uh, the Wonder Woman continuity. Because he said says that she finds out that Hades is her actual dad, uh, opposed to Ares, which was just like a repeat of her arc in in Wonder Woman one. So I was like, mm. did she find out Ares was her? her yeah, dad? I think that because they were. No, oh wait, no, they were oh, siblings. No, they were siblings. Yeah, I was like, I, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, she, she was molded from clay or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she, horror, yeah but... No, no, you're right. I misunderstood that. Zeus is their dad. Uh, and then she finds out Ares is her uh, her brother. Yeah, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was confused. I was confused. Okay. Yeah, I have my scores. All right. So four Aquaman movies. <laughs> four Aquaman movies. Nobody, nobody needs that many Aquaman movies. I, I swear. <laughs> That's Unless crazy. we get like a pitbull song, a pitbull cover of uh, of 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 songs <laughs> in every single one of them, I don't care. For yes, it. yes, yes, please. Also, not him getting the hook hand in the fourth one, like the final one. Like Ryan, you have you have another another movie here where you could give it early on, like <laughs> yeah. That should be like in the second movie, like Black Manta cuts his arm off or something. Yeah. I do gotta say, I really love the subplot of uh, in Ryan's the 
the candor, the candor mm-hmm. being shrunk and that yeah, being, and that yeah, being like a, cool. that comes back in at the end. I was like, nice touch, Ryan. Very nice touch. Okay, so Alex, start us off. What do you have for Ryan? Uh, like total or just like in, for each point? Each one and then total. All right. So for originality, I gave him a three. Um, I thought a lot of it was um, had fairly original um, story plots for the DC, like for his like slate. But I feel like at the end, a lot of it can be predictable. Um, potential, I gave three. He does leave us off with um, a way to continue after this. But it only seems like he's building off for one idea right now. Uh, fun, I gave it four because there's a lot of like these are fun side projects such as Le- uh, Blue Beetle and um, Booster Gold stories. Um, logistics, I gave three. It feels um, pretty well planned out. I'd say um, we don't have a lot of um, overlap, but there are some instances of the confusion and contradiction and concise i gave three as well um it just felt very easy to navigate um and works out it's also less movies than uh dylan's i'd say it and there's a lot of cutability like projects that we can just drop Mm -hmm. uh so that's a total of i didn't do the total unfortunately let's see 12 uh, 16 points total. 16. All right. Seb, what do you got for Ryan? I have uh, for for concise, for, con- for I give it a four. I think he has a very, a, a very clean slate with some things that could be cut out, obviously. Um, a lot that be, can be cut out. Actually, I'm going to lower my score to a three. I just remember the three jokers thing. <laughs> um, I'm giving it a three. Uh, there's a lot of, 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 it's a clean, it's, it's the most precise thing that you could try to build. It builds up nicely. You get, you get a few Justice League movies here and there, and then it builds up, ramps up into like a, a, a finale that's accurate. So it, that's not accurate. That is like fair to what he was building up. So it's, I think it's, it's, it's like what a studio would kind of build, right? Um, so I, yeah, it's, it, it's a, it's a three. If it weren't for the, I took off one point for the, for the Batfleck, Madison, like thing. Cause I think mm-hmm. that creates ripples that make it not concise. Um, and then I took another, th- another point just cause there are a lot of projects that are kind of throwaway. So, so three. So and then, oh total? yeah. 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 Fuck. I forgot the rest. Um, originality two. There's two major projects that I genuinely was interested in, or like that I think were were like standouts. Um, I think this is a very stale slate in that that it's so concise and so well built that I'm just bored by it. Uh, and I'm being a, a little extra harsh with Ryan. But I think I think I, I if this was the slate I was presented by James Gunn, I would instantly not care about DC anymore. Uh, logistics, I gave it a four. Um, I think this is doable. This is this seems like Marvel Phase Four, uh, kind of like just pumping out projects. If you have really good 
uh, producing, you can you can you can achieve it. Um, potential, um, I gave it a, a three because I again uh, there's a lot of potential here, but I don't I don't like where it goes in the future, and those are the two points deducted. Like I think I think I don't want to I don't want to get to the next ten years to get to the cool stuff. And then form factor, sorry again, Ryan, I gave you a two. Um, Damn. Wow. You, you have certain projects here that excite me. Rogue Rage, uh, Reformation School, Martian Manhunter School. But then you give me shit like Black Adam versus Shazam, I don't care. I, I sat through the first Black Adam movie and I, was, I did not care for the rocks, Adam. And then you bring him back again. In the Suicide Squad versus Black Adam Society, move on. Nobody cares. The rocks, the rock is gone. Um, so I, I'm just not, I'm not compelled by this slate very much. So that would be a total of five, nine, 12, 14 points. All right. What did you have? It's harsh. That was harsh. It is very harsh. Uh, no. No, it's fine though. You know what? Actually, something you said made me lower one of my points. So. Damn. Um. Okay, so I have for Ryan. I have concise a three, right? I feel like it's it's a, it's very concise. It's very straightforward. Maybe a bit too straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's it. Has a clear direction. There's like occasionally a couple things you can probably move around. I think the main issue with his thing is the sequencing of things, like the order of certain things can be swapped. But besides that, it's pretty average, concise. Um, originality. I had it as a three, but I lowered it to a two after after you said you went on your little rant. Um, yeah, I yeah I agree with you. It's like it's exciting I, I i like some of these projects uh like like alex said the booster gold movie the you know the yeah booster gold i like winter of the batman mm-hmm. i like the gl core i li- I actually like red hood and the outlaws because they have a really good uh new 52 series and i think it, it could be good yeah they do martian manhunter noir as well excellent awesome. excellent um but besides those few i mean there's 49 projects in this slate and you know it's just kind of lacking that spice like you said mm-hmm. um for logistics i have a three as well um it's very concise but there's way too many projects like way too many projects 49 i mean the mcu did all of this in 22 films you got up to 49 projects to get there it's like ridiculous um potential i have it a four because he showed a lot of potential for growth in the future. And then for fun factor, I have four just because, um, hmm, fun factor, I have four. Dude, honestly, I'm going to switch. Wait, I'm going to switch my score. I'm going to give originality a three. I'm going to lower fun factor a three. That's so, fair. So, well, that will get the same score. Um, so, yeah, fun factor because there's those few fun projects i mentioned but anyway the total would be 16 okay right all right now alex start us off with uh dylan 
All right. So for two, I, for originality, I gave a two. Um, a lot of it is just like direct adaptation. Um, so I just didn't feel like it was a very strong original slate. Um, I think maybe the order's original, but that's about it. That's probably where I gave it that two. Potential, I, you know, this was a very harsh score. I gave it a one. Um, it just ends after at the end. There's no post slate potential that he has set up. Not that we can't set up some afterwards, but he just has it planned to just end after uh, injustice. But I do agree. I do like the uh, detective comics uh, end plot right there. Uh, fun. I gave it a three. I think it's still a very fun. There's so still fun to be had with some of his slates. Um, like I said, I really do like the detective comics number one at the very end of it. Um, he has a few other cool ideas. I think Captain Mad Captain Adam would be cool. Um, but I just think the fun gets brought down with like just back to back injustice. Um, logistics I gave two. It's just um, a logistic logistical nightmare for producers. Um, like I really just going back to the injustice thing. It's just back to back. So many actors. So many. So much going on. <laughs> Um, in such a short time span, it is just a very, it's just a logistical nightmare, in my opinion. Um, so I gave that a two. And then concise, I gave that also a two. I just kind of go hand in hand with my logistics when I go concise. It just feels very spread out. There's 53 movies, we said. Um, and we're just thinking about, and we already agreed, like a lot of it just can be cut. So I think I gave that one a two. Uh, for my total score, that's two, four, six, nine, ten. That's a ten. Very harsh, unfortunately. Hmm. All right, Seb. Um, I gave concise two. I want to be kind to Dylan because I, I was, I was taken aback by his boldness, but I also think Dylan set himself up for failure, and this is not a concise slate. He has a lot of concise ideas, but it's not a concise slate. So I gave it a two. For originality, I gave it a three. I think there's a lot of here, a lot here that is that is very, very original, very exciting. Um, again, I think his two flagship shows, which would be Lanterns and and Justice League Dark, uh, are exciting. Uh, which Ryan had the Lantern show, and I think. I think the general consensus is we need a Green Lantern show. Um, so that's the thing. Uh, again, he had, just has a lot of projects that I would be excited to watch, but he also does have a lot of projects I would not want to watch. Shout out Starfire. Um, for logistics, I gave it. I gave it a one. Like this is just this is just messy. It's disgustingly like like undoable, unrealistic. So for logic, I had to do, I had to give it a one. Like I have to, I want to be, I want to give Dylan something, but this is, this is, this is like terrible. Uh, for potential, I gave it a three. Again, same reasons as originality. There's a lot here that, that, that's a play, um, but not too much. And fun factor, I, I got to give it a, I got to give it a four. I mean, if this was, if this was a real thing that could be achieved, like, this would be like so many actors popping in and out, so many things happening. 
I mean, if this was able to be achieved in real life, like it would be, it would be an exciting, exciting. It would be, it would be like incredible to see like six fucking injustice movies where it's every fucking character you introduce. That would be, that would be fun. That would be great. <laughs> but realistically, it's not, it's not. It. Uh, and I think potential, I forgot to mention again, I'm a huge fan of that detective comics. Number one kind of reboot. I think I think it, it like yeah fire Dylan get him out of here get the next person in to take the reins uh, so that's that factor into my potential uh, total score thirteen thirteen never forget that the injustice movies are all coming out within three years three years <laughs> yeah there's there's six movies like there's like there's like two two in a year yeah there's two in one year. That's crazy. Like 2023, there's two Injustice movies. 2020, 2034. 2023 and, and 2024 both have two, two nearly back-to-back Injustice movies. Which is like an insa- insane thing to do. Like, that's not realistic <laughs> at all. Um, okay. <laughs> See, okay, before I give my scores, let me just say yeah. something, right? Because they pointed it out when they were giving their points. They were saying, oh, there's marble fatigue right now, Mm -hmm. and we want to avoid doing that. But I don't understand why they said that, because then they proceeded to explain exactly why there is marble fatigue. fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, 49 projects or 53 is way too many. You got to also think... I also, I love Justice League Dark. I would kill for a show. I would also kill for a Green Lantern show. Uh-huh. But I think having two flagship shows at the same time is too much. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I think if you cut think, down on the I other think, shows, I think that's achievable. Because you have fucking Jonah Hex, Swamp Thing, Sandman. Like these are, and the Arkham thing. Oh yeah, Sandman. And, yeah, oh, especially and Sandman then, doesn't make sense because he already has a series right now. So yeah. it's like, and God's, and God's you know, it's like you have too many series. If you cut all of those down and... Uh, and you just do like Green Lantern and and just to seek dark. I and think that's dark. achievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a Possibly, point to be yeah. made towards the uh, vacuum because they well they mentioned that now they're going to fill that vacuum after like Marvel fatigue sets in, and I just don't feel like filling the vacuum with more superhero movies is going to be successful. No, idea. not at all. Especially because because I mean people are already kind of sick of Marvel. Yeah. So for you to and and it, and it proves it with Black Adam. I mean, they dropped Black Adam and no one gave a shit. Yeah. So, like, for, for them to hit us with this many projects, I think for DC to be successful now, you have to take the opposite lesson of what Marvel's doing right now and just, like, trim trim the fat completely to, like, the bare essentials, right? Yeah. Like, a Green Lantern show, a, a good Batman movie, a good Superman movie, a good Wonder Woman. And then from there, figure out the rest. Like, if we can't even get the basics down, then there's no point in, like, going crazy with it. I think two I movies in a show a year is probably, like, more than enough. Yeah, personally. yeah, completely, completely. That's how Marvel started, and that's how it got them their success. So, mm-hmm. um, for my, just for to give my points, uh, concise, I gave Dylan a two, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, I gave him a four for originality, just because there's a lot of cool new ideas here like the captain adam you know i like batman long halloween mm-hmm. i like uh legion of doom you know mm-hmm. uh specter a specter show a specter show is great 
Yeah. And I, I, I need um, to weave like those characters, like the mixy uh Mr. Mystic makes his blakely whatever yeah, it's, it's, and, yeah. it's like it's compelling it's, it's original so so he does get yeah that. it's just his the thing about his slate is it's too too comic booky mm. which the comic bookiness works in the comic books but in the movies you have to streamline it a bit for audiences yeah um so for originality of four for logistics yeah i also gave it a one because it's just it's it was just it's impossible like i wanted to give it a two but it's just it's too much. I would have given it a zero, but I was being kind. I'm like, this is. Yeah, this I think I was being yeah, a little yeah. kind of my two. Uh, I think I was just. Yeah. I was like, oh, I have, I'm so harsh already. I don't want to be too harsh. Yeah. <laughs> it was just. It would just be impossible to do all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would cost you like like two trillion dollars, like a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> and with DC's, with DC's like uh like reputation, you would you would have to like take those through uh two trillion dollars down the fucking drain because there's no way these yeah. movies are making money i assure you yeah <laughs> um for potential i have um for potential i gave a two honestly i think that's a bit harsh but um yeah it's a little bit harsh but at the same time you know like like uh like we said like he ends on detective comics just kind of just like the conclusion to the dc universe so i don't think there's like a lot of uh room for further growth there and then for fun factor i actually i threw him a, i threw him a softball i hit him with a five for fun factor just because like if this was actually somehow possible it would be like the craziest most bad shit like i would watch a jonah hex show hands down i would watch like half of this stuff like mm-hmm. like day one you know captain adam that's awesome um i would even watch a fucking starfire movie i don't care like fuck it give me a starfire movie uh, so yeah i would watch all of that in total it's 14 so let's see we got let's add up the scores yeah this is dealing dealing with crazy and again my theory is self-sabotage uh he he did say that he did this just to as a vanity thing for Ryan, so I you could you could tell that he was just having fun with it and not thinking it uh thinking yeah. it through. Um, which Ryan, I mean Dylan, I respect uh, the hell out of that. <laughs> Ryan I appreciate did that he just went like balls to the wall. Yeah, and, like, yeah, just threw everything in there. Uh, Ryan texted me. Let's have the voting be completed in the next five minutes, like seven minutes ago. <laughs> oh shit! Um, okay. I think we're. I mean, okay, we're done. We're done. We're yeah, done. Yeah. So the totals are. Totals are. Yeah. Dylan with a thirty-seven. Ryan with forty-six. Okay. Cool. Okay. So Those I mean, we. So do we want to? What do we want to do now? Because I know you guys are, well, I won't assume, but I'm assuming you both are going to vote for Ryan. Yeah, if you want, you can go, you can go Dylan. Just you want to so, go Dylan? Because I do, logistically, like my brain, <laughs> my brain is saying, uh, Ryan, Ryan has to take this. But just to yeah. throw him a bone, I, 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 I want to just throw in a, a vote for Dylan, just for ballsiness. You guys are done? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah. We took, we took, we took a, a while. We, we kind of, we took an hour. Oh my God. Also, we, 
we created a little rubric to kind of also help us uh, be concise with our our votes and our thoughts. So, well, I'm I'm excited to listen listen back to that hour. Yeah, <laughs> oh my I was, goodness! I was thinking. It looked like he was getting like, passionate. It was, it was actually passionate. It was very passionate, but also very cordial because I think there very was cordial. a lot of perfect. Yeah, it was about we, we took a, we took a lot. It took us way too long. Yeah. There was a lot. I mean, okay. there was a lot to kind of talk about and digest here. So, there was for sure. Okay, so how did you guys want to go about doing the decisions? I initially set it up to where it'd be like anonymous, and you wouldn't have to like reveal which way you voted mm-hmm. if you didn't want to. But the anonymous part was also so you guys wouldn't influence each other mm-hmm. if you didn't want to. But I mean, it sounds like yeah, you all created a rubric together, and then. I guess we're scoring that. So do you guys just want to say what your scores were and then your final vote? Do we want to just do like the total score? We we could run through each of them if, if you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So so we had we had um we came up with a list that's uh five categories, right? Mm-hmm. And they're graded from one to five. And it's the first one is how concise is this? Second one is originality. Third one is logistics. Like, how feasible would this be? Fourth is, <laughs> yeah. Fourth is, uh, fourth is potential. Why'd right? you even make the logistics one? If you already, yeah, you already were like, this cannot happen. Well, we're, so. we're producers. We're producers. Yeah, we gotta, we, we gotta, gotta know, you know. I guess. Yeah. You asked you ask us to be producers. We're we're breaking this down like producers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is fun factor. Like how fun these projects are. Mm-hmm. What was the fourth uh, one again? What was the potential? Like potential oh, for for yeah. For the future growth, or, or yeah. For the future or growth or the potential of the slate itself. It's just we broke down our individual points. Uh, uh, like we gave, we talked about them as we were giving them and then we to- randomly it all. So the votes there, our explanation has been put out there. Uh, okay, so cool. I don't know so what we you can listen back to that. And we see. just give them the points. Yeah, so just yeah, give the point and then the total score. So what I think okay, we so should- I'll, I'll, I'll start. Yeah. You want to start, Seb? No, 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 I was going to say- So is should... it, do you decide who wins by like if there's, two out of three that give most points to the one person or is it cumulative points across everyone are each of your scores individual or did you combine your scores we, we did both did we combined them. yeah 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 okay. individual and then we total we we tallied them up yeah okay so then okay. what are you deciding the victor based on well then we still voted our yeah how we wanted to but yeah, this yeah. Was, oh, like okay. the scoring was still like kind of for you guys oh, mm-hmm. okay okay well take it away Whoever wants to go first. Jen, you go first. You. All right, all right. I'll go first. So, for concise, Ryan, I won't give explanations because they're already. Yeah, 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 yeah. For concise, Ryan, I gave you a three. Dylan, I gave you a two. Okay. For originality, I gave Ryan a three. I gave Dylan a four. All right. For logistics, I gave Ryan a three, which is kind of generous, and then I gave Dylan a one. Fair I'm enough. Sorry. <laughs> For potential, I gave Ryan a four. 
I gave Dylan a two just because you established that you want to end the universe. Fair so enough. there's not really much else we can go from. And then for fun factor, I gave Ryan a three. I gave Dylan a five. Let's go. So <laughs> That's a win in itself. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah. what was the final tally? Because I, I wasn't doing the quick math in my head. My my total was Ryan 16, Dylan is 14. Fair enough. It's close. All right. Yeah. We got I one vote for Ryan. Alex, I think you should go next. Oh, cool. Um, so j- just to prefer this, uh, I'm sorry, Dylan. I was a little harsh. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Please go for it. And I did switch uh, after our little discussion. I did switch my scores for potential and logistics, um, but it's still the same, like tally. Fair enough. Um, but so for Ryan, for concise, I gave Ryan a three, Dylan a two. Okay. Uh, originality for Ryan, three, Dylan two. Um, potential for Ryan three, Dylan two, um, logistics for Ryan three, Dylan one, and then fun for Ryan four, Dylan three. Wow, dang, you did get thrashed in that one. It was harsh. <laughs> so what were so you? The total was uh, Ryan got sixteen, Dylan got ten. Uh, yeah, it feels very, very harsh <laughs> now that I say the total. You're good. <laughs> Hey, hey, listen, we're hey. cutthroat producers, yeah. all right? Yeah, this is a battle out here. We're yeah. fighting for our lives. Yeah. Go ahead, Sam. Um, uh, for concise, Ryan, I gave you a three. I think you had a solid slate, but I just, whatever, man. You'll listen back to it. You'll understand. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. Dylan, I gave, you, I gave you a two. Too fair much, enough. buddy. You were doing too I much understand. there. Uh, originality, I gave Ryan a two and uh, Dylan a three. Let's go. Um, for logistics, Ryan, I gave you a four. I think it's doable. Uh, Dylan, buddy, one. I would have given you a zero, <laughs> but I was being kind and generous. Uh, you, yeah, it's self-explanatory. Potential, I both, I gave you both threes, uh, but I will say I will know because I wanna. I will, just want to say I know you want to end it, Dylan, but ending it mm-hmm. with Detective Comics number one opens the floor for like the perfect kind of like reboot or soft someone reboot. else can keep it going but i thought that'd be a nice way to 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 tail end it you know but someone yeah. else can do it not me yeah that's what i that's what i said like <laughs> as a producer i can it. kick you i can kick you out and hire someone else to keep it's that, like yeah keep it's supposed stuff. to be like batman's final case and then he retires and then mm-hmm. you can just have someone else carry on that 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 other shit yeah and then for fun factor ryan at two. Oh, bummer and like Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. I those were, time those, were the, those were the two points. Those were the two points. It, well, it is fun. <laughs> I, I agree. Booster Gold, Blue Beetle. That's two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and and Rip, Rip Hunter, but nobody cares about Rip Hunter. So, and Dylan, I gave you a four. So my final oh, no. tally was Ryan fourteen, Dylan thirteen. But I do think That's you guys close. should should still use uh, the sheet you gave us to see the votes because we did. We did vote with our hearts. With the hearts. First vote was for Orion. Second vote was for Dylan. This is tens. Third vote. Ryan Rogue Rage Hill. <laughs> Ryan. I like that title, huh? <laughs> Congrats, Ryan. You did it. You Thanks. just squeaked me out. So who voted for me? I voted for you. If you want to reveal it. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. I, I I was thoroughly captivated by your boldness. This is definitely brave and bold. Uh, yes, it is. 
And I was it was a risk. It was a very big risk. Oh yeah. Six injustice movies in four years. <laughs> it can be done if I limited the other movies year. being made. I I don't think so. That's Ooh. a straight up impossibility. <laughs> it, could, it could be done. The contracts scale, for that alone for all the actors, that would be insane. Contracts, look uh, like scheduling, budgeting. Uh, and the these same are director be, for all six. No, it would be different gonna, directors. And this would, it would be, have to be this, different directors. Yeah, and these would be stars that have been in the franchise for those ten years, and getting them yeah. to commit to those six movies would be like something that that their agents and themselves would be like, "We need big, big money for for what we're gonna about to commit for." That, that's something it we didn't talk about. I, I that, that's a good point because like, would Ben Affleck be down ten years from now to be in a? I Justice told you movie? he is with J Lo right now. He's. He's living in place in his life. life. He's down to do it. But then we also have to hope Wait. that none of these actors start any on-set like beef with other actors. We gotta right. hope that these guys are. We'll manage them. We'll keep them. Their <laughs> age is something that I considered a... when I was writing, and I was like, should I be considering the age of these actors? Because it's ten years from. It's like 2034, 2035 is when it's ending. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be some of them are gonna be in their sixties playing superheroes. Mm-hmm. Is that what I really want? And I was like, fuck it, why not? I mean, <laughs> fuck it. If Tom Cruise can jump off a cliff at 65. 60 is yeah. a new 50 right now. So yeah. okay, fuck Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise is built different. Then like, Tom Cruise can play Batman. I don't give a also, shit. Also, <laughs> he, can be, he can be 70 when it ends. Also, he's drinking a lot of baby blood. So I think we should just be, get, uh, yeah, get all yeah. actors on that baby blood uh, treatment. And I think we should be fine. There Obviously, Batfleck uh, can, can, can sustain himself. I think we're fine. For sure. Yeah. All right. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, amazing for judges. They did a whole rubric, so went above and beyond for sure. Doing all of that. So that was fantastic. It'll be fun to listen back and hear all your points, all the reasoning for, for the decisions and the scoring you made. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Alex. Thank you, Alessandro. Thank you, Sebastian. You guys came out and really delivered beyond what we asked for. So we're really appreciative of that. That is definitely all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or if you want to comment which which DC pitch you preferred, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day. It won't stop. Oh God! This <laughs> failed to stop recording. The episode won't stop. It keeps going. Dylan, you have a yellow forever. user experiencing some connection issues, but recording what? is being saved locally. Okay, that means it's being saved on my computer. I do. I, now that we're off the show, off the air, I think. Well, Not it's officially. still recording. So yeah. So this, yeah, this we this is gonna be in. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. Have to keep this going. Yeah. This I'm, is the post credit scene. I haven't, yeah, I haven't played the, the theme music yet. This yeah. is still going on. <laughs> Ryan, can you stop it on your end? No, I think because you're the host, you're the only one that can. Fuck stop me! It. Maybe I can like pause it. it? it stop. Yeah, it just says failed to stop recording. <laughs> Nobody hands up. Who did this? It'll never end. It'll never end. <laughs> the show we're must gonna, go on. We have gonna, to pitch the next ten years. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Next ten years. <laughs> it says we're try right. refreshing. It says try refreshing the page. So I'm going to try and do that. Well, doesn't gonna, that? Doesn't that it will stop it by force mean? and it should have I should still have access to the recording because it always saves the recordings to the website. So I'm if we lose <laughs> this recording, it's so delayed. Delayed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be lost.